0: We will go where you ask us to go. And we will stay where you ask us to stay. And
1: we will do what you ask us to do. Oh, Lord.
0: Our God. And
1: sing, we will go. We will go where you ask us to go. We will stay where you ask us to stay. We will do what you ask us to do.
0: Oh, oh God, our we, our we will go where
1: you ask us to go. We will stay, we will stay where you ask us to stay. And we will do, we will do what you ask us to do. Oh Lord, oh God, will. We will go, we will go where you ask us to go. We will stay, we will stay where you ask us to stay. Come on, we will do. What we will go where you ask us king, our king, our king, do, do our our oh
0: Hallelujah. You see, that's the testimony of my life. Hallelujah. To go where he has asked me to go. To stay where he has asked me to stay. Hallelujah. To do all that he has asked me to do. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, that song is a song of consecration. Glory to Jesus. What that song means is that it might not always be good. It might not always look like it. But if this is what he has told me to do, I'm gonna do it. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. The nations are taken. Hallelujah. The nations are taken. Taken for the word. <laughs> and we are ready. Aye, aye, aye. We're ready to see the word grow. Hallelujah. The Bible says, so mighty to grow the word and it prevails. We are ready to see the word Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So, hold the hands of your neighbor. Hold the hands of your neighbor. Hold the hands of your neighbor. Say, Father. I want you guys to give it some energy. Say, Father, Father. In the name of Jesus. We are gathered here today. To learn of your word. And we pray. That we receive. Insight and revelation in your word that you pour forth out of the vessels of our being, light and revelation, that the knowledge of Jesus floods our hearts and that as a reason we are given to the spread of your word above every contrary ideology, every contrary mindset in the name of Jesus glory to God amen hallelujah have said. good morning everybody good morning Woo, that was that was that was a good time actually praise God hallelujah see the nations are taken <laughs> praise God hallelujah you know in the next couple of years when we begin to have what people call results. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, in the next you know, couple of years, where we begin to have what people call results, you know, so on and so forth, let it be known that I spoke about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Grace to Jesus. The nations are taken. Amen. You see, quite frankly, this world is not big enough. Us not to cover. Amen. Maybe it was a, a bit bigger. Then we might be a bit concerned. But this one, 7 million people or 8 million. Whatever. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, one of the things that God has given my heart to do is not just to disciple people, but to raise. Men that are disciples for the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And when I say disciples for the gospel, I don't mean um, men who have influence. I'm not talking of doing a Twitter post one in a while. Amen? Or doing some Instagram post one in a while. I'm talking of men who can go out, preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Get men saved. Get men filled with the Holy Ghost. Train them. And make those people disciples. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. It's good to make video posts, it's good to make Instagram posts, it's good to do this, it's good to do that. But the curriculum for discipleship still remains the same. Are we together? Discipleship is a rigorous process. Do you understand? Do you get? It? And that's why I oftentimes you guys will oftentimes hear me say stuff like It's good that you come around for my meetings, it's good around it's good that you show up here. But I know my disciples. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, that's not to make anybody feel weird. I mean, I can't disciple the world quite frankly. Do you understand my point? But the reality of it is that discipleship is a rigorous process. Amen? And you you need training to be a discipler, and then you also need training to be a disciple. Do you understand my point? So, discipleship is not something you just see casually. Are we together? The word disciple means, is the word matutio. It means to be a student or a learner or something. It's a word that is akin to being an apprentice. Are we together? The word akin to being an apprentice of a particular trait. Right? So, uh, it's, not, uh, it's not that you just show up once or twice in a month, and then you call yourself a disciple. You're not a disciple. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Acts 2 and verse 42, it says, And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The word continue steadfastly there is the Greek word proskaterio. Proskaterio. It means to attend to something assiduously. Hallelujah. It means to pay keen attention to everything that is done. So, it, it consists firstly in prayers, right? In the word, in breaking of bread. Okay, thank you. consists firstly in apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, in breaking of bread and in prayers. Hallelujah. So, it wasn't... You, when you're a disciple, you don't decide what meetings you like to attend. Eh? Word meeting. I'll go for that one. Prayer meeting.
1: Uh,
0: I don't really flu. flow. Yeah. Oh, that one. That's not how it works. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. As a disciple, you stay with everything. The apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread. Breaking of bread is also very important. Hallelujah. You don't say you don't say, Ah, I'm just for the word and for the word and for the word. When you are breaking bread, I'm not interested. If it's Chicken Republic, I'm not doing it. It's just the word and prayer. No. Hallelujah. Discipleship is everything. Glory to God. Discipleship is not you're listening to my sermon. Or discipleship is not you're listening to somebody's sermon. So it's not like it's God of me. Just that. It's not that I just need someone's sermon. Discipleship is that you're being trained by the person. Hallelujah. That's discipleship. All right. And um, by the Spirit of God, um, I know that. Um, okay. Will the, camera, sorry, will the camera be down there? Because I actually want to come down here to teach today. It's, it's better there. Okay. Is there a way we can, probably someone can help me move this down? Right, so I'll, I'll be teaching from here today. The high priest wants to come into the outer court. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Alright, so, uh, as I said before, I said that one of the things that God has said in my heart for the early stages of charismatic, is one of the things I know is that um, there's going to be a lot of emphasis. And if you've noticed, is that there's going to be a lot of emphasis on teaching. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Uh, and it's the reason why it seems as though here yeah, we overteach. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You guys say the truth now. Sometimes it looks like, uh-uh. Killed now. I must But you see, that's what God has did in my heart to do for now. Hallelujah. Other people might be doing other things, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. That's not what God told me to do. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what God told me to do, as I right now. Do you understand? Of course, subsequently, as time goes on, when things get a bit more clearer, we can do a couple of other things here and there. But right now, the focus is to train ministers that are sound in the Word. Hallelujah. Train ministers that are, men that basically can do the same thing I'm doing. Do you understand? Men that I can close my eyes and say, if it's there, there's no problem. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So that's, that's where we are at currently. And as I said in last month's meeting, I said, if you think we thought in 2021, 20, you're wrong goal. Amen? You are not saying amen. <laughs> you're wrong. Right? 2022, there's going to be so much more teaching. And I hope you realize that when I say this thing, it's not like it's so sweet for me. Too. Do you know? Do you, like, do you know how long it takes me to prepare just think of it. How long it will take someone to prepare an eight-hour teaching, Just think. Or well, there about seven hours. It takes at least. Like, even if I've known the subject before, it will take me at least two times two of that time to yes. prepare. Hallelujah. And then there's time to pray too as well. Then you have to pray for it. So I'm, I'm saying this thing not as though it's so sweet. It's not like me when I'm looking at 16 and I'm saying, ah, I will teach. Last one, we go and teach. Oh <laughs> it's labor. Hallelujah. But it's worth it. Glory to Jesus. Amen. You know, I was, I was making an allusion to a couple of folks a while ago, and I said, when two people, are building a ha- two people are building houses, and then the first person is building maybe a two-story building, and the second person is building a skyscraper. Now, it's very possible that if the person building a two-story building, in fact, has enough resources, but let's say they even have the same resources, they are very rich, have so much money. Do you it's very possible that... The person who is building a story building probably have even completed the ground floor, as I went the person building the skyscraper is still on foundation. Are you with me? Is it very possible that while he's still on the foundation of the skyscraper, the person building a two-story building They're probably even taking it? Building guys, I hope I'm not. I never I still <laughs> so you know, and then you are very likely to look at the person building a two-story building and say, This person has more results. Amen? like you very that person and say, what is this one doing? What is he doing? He's just, he's just building down, building down, building down. Is it, is it um, building and, you know, when you build it upside down, <laughs> you know, what is he doing? Why is he wasting his time? Building down, down, down. Hallelujah. But then, all of a sudden, you just see this guy begin to build stuff on top. And then he's going, and going, and going, and going, and going. And he can do that as a function of the structure he has built within underground. Are we together, guys? So, what he has built underground can withstand that structure. To stand. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. Now, why did I make this example? First and foremost, to tell you that I know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. To be honest with you, it's easier to say we just do one program, four hours, just call one or two singers that can sing. Now, please, when I say this thing, don't get me wrong. It's fine to do it. I will together. It's, it's awesome. Just, uh, I'm not telling you that at one point in time you know, I'm invite someone to come and sing, in little, little. Hallelujah, but there is a foundation you have to build. Hallelujah, when you know where you are going and how far you are going, in, there are foundations you have to build. And I've told you guys this before. I said one of the plans I have for Kericho ministry after two and a half years will have at least enough. Resources, audio resources to give anyone that will cover almost any Bible topic. Hallelujah! Almost any. I can't say any because there's always I'll not But almost any. Just that. By that time, if you want to, um, maybe want to train someone or something, just give the person all the (laughs) sample. We just pack it. That one is um, this thing compressed folder. That's the only way. (laughs) Pack it, compressed folder. Take. Now, that will be audio resources minus mm-hmm. the written resources that we're going to have, by right. the way, during you We're going to make some announcements in, um, in the evening. Okay. Ah. We'll teach the word, though. Ah, yeah, <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. We're going to teach the word. And we've never, we've not smelled the starting point. Amen? We are nowhere near started. Like, we've never seen it. We've not started at all. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So pray for us. When I say pray for us, I mean, Amen. Pray for us. It's not just something I just add. just give and take. Those always sweet. say, join us. Pray for us. Jesus is Lord. We win. You like? It? <laughs> you like it, have you? <laughs> I' Always mean, like. Ah, this guy good. <laughs> I actually mean pray for us. Hallelujah. So let's go to our teaching. So um, yesterday I started up um, a, started up on a series of this teaching. And then what I'm trying to do, or what I said I was trying to do, was to build a theological basis for how the world will be covered with the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And what I tried to do yesterday was to emphasize the importance of the Old Testament scriptures in our study. Hallelujah. So to show you that in as much as we pattern our lives after the epistles, right, in fact, the epistles are built upon the premise of the Old Testament scriptures. Hallelujah. When I showed you from Ephesians 3, the 3 and verse 1 to 4, when Paul says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner. See, um, when I am quoting this, I just open it up. It's because of how much I have to teach today, I might not be able to tell you. Open this up, Ephesians 3 from verse four, he says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of um, Christ, for you Gentiles. He says, Even did you have heard of dispensation. And I said the word dispensation, there's the Greek word for economia, which means a ministry or administration. He says, Even did you have heard of dispensation of the priest of God, which was given me to you, word. And what is that dispensation? How that by revelation? Hallelujah. And that's where I explained apocalypses. Um, and I gave the illustration of rice and chicken. Praise God. Hallelujah. I hope you are not fasting this morning. Of course, I was expecting to fast this morning. Because if anybody has found time this morning to eat pop or yeah. sweet potato, <laughs> to eat pop off or sweet potato, Ah! by 8, eight Ah! that's serious. Anyways, He says, How that by revelation, you made known unto me the mystery. He says, as I have briefly written before in few words. Some people are looking like, Did he say we should fast? Like they've written already so you know? Did he say? <laughs> okay. He says, Out of revelation, he made no unto to me the mystery. He says, Which I have written before in few words. So I just want to say that, as you can see, Paul said that the revelation he has written before in few words. So nobody should ever blame me for talking too much. Amen. If Paul claims that he's a priest a few words, let no man trouble me. <laughs> Alright, so, it says, which i have be reading upon a few words, verse 4, it says, whereby when you read, you may understand the knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Let me also say this, too. What you need to understand Paul's knowledge in the mystery of Christ is to read. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, when I was, I was meditating a while ago, and God just, you know, God spoke to me and said something. He just laid something in my heart. See, oftentimes, what people are looking for, special meetings. Eh? what people are looking for in special meetings, all they need to get it is this concentration. You, you, th- you think that, quite frankly, you think you'll be able to teach with all humility, like me, by just coming for this camp meeting? Do you think it's camp meetings like this that made me this way? Without due respect, you think so? What people are looking for up and down? If they could just sit down, with their Bible and train themselves to pray, you'll get it. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why respectfully, you can't see me everywhere. Oh. Amen. People that know me, they know. I don't have the time, first of all. When, I, mean, I have a job. I have this By the time you add just this and the job I'm doing, so I hardly have time to pray. <laughs> you understand? I can't be, I can't be, you can't be jumping from one business to So now I just look at some people, I'm like, why are you so confused? She gets, Sometimes it's not even about going to different meetings that have different kinds of preachers that preach different things. It's even if you are going to different meetings but with the same preacher, like sometimes the meetings are too much. Calm down. Amen. It just be everywhere. What you are looking for eh, is on the other side of consecration. That's all. Just sit down with your Bible. Read, read. The problem also is that a lot of times people sit down with their Bible for one month and they expect to turn into giants. You just expect that after you study your Bible for one month, you just know. Don't know the word, <laughs> it's not possible. Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus. You have to stay there a little longer. In fact, most of the time, one of the things you realize is that most people that became the parents giants in the world they didn't even know when they were becoming giants, amen. They were just constantly giving themselves Bible study and prayer, and all of a sudden. They just find themselves. In fact, they don't even know they are just. It's people that are calling them giants. Like to them, they're just doing their own. Amen. Glory to Jesus. I we to get the guys. So, my admonition for you today, because as I said in yesterday, when, one of the prophecies I gave yesterday, I said 2022 is going to be a year of consecration. Hallelujah. For the sake of the work that would follow upon the foundation of 2022, please build strength. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. In meetings like this, one of the things that God leads us to do is to take acts of consecration. In a meeting like this, before you leave, you should already tell yourself, "Okay, my Saturday. What am I going to do with it?" Glory to Jesus. I was talking to one of you a while ago. Actually, um, currently doing CWS, and then I was speaking to him. I was asking, "How are you coping? How <laughs> are you coping with CWS?" You know, I'm praying and, pray and, and he was like, "Ah, sir, it's not easy. This thing, I know." And then he now asked me, "Sir, how are you able to do everything?" He said it's simple, it's training. Amen. It's training. And I said, I can say it's I think now there's, there's no things that there's no point being shy to say. It's training. And that training is what I'm trying to give you. Hallelujah. Just me. But there's no need mentioning what's around it. I'm trained. Amen? Glory to Jesus. If you stay with me for a while, you know. I'm trained. have enough things to do. Hallelujah. And I'm not trained at the expense of other things. Now, don't get me wrong. Your consecration to God will actually affect something. Amen. There are some decisions you might not be easily able to take. Hallelujah. There are some opportunities you can't just jump out. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That your mates might be able to jump out, but you can't jump out. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. But then at the same time, too, you can do your best to ensure that you do the work of ministry without it affecting or being so much at the expense of other things. Amen. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, as much as possible, I try to do my best possible to make sure that as much as I am an inspiration to people, or as much as I'm a disciple of God's word, I also try my best possible to be an inspiration to folks, even in my natural affairs. Now, the reason I do that is because as much as, first of all, I need the money, it's very clear, you can't take care of my bills, you know, (laughs) but much more is to let people know that it is possible. Amen. It is possible. I've been saying this thing, and I thank God. I've been saying this thing when I was in school. I remember, finally, I remember then in our discipleship classes. I used to say that when I was in school, it's, it's possible. It's possible to do the work of ministry effectively and have a good, you know, have your natural appearance well taken care of. You don't have to be a pauper for being the work of ministry. As I said yesterday, it's not every time you saying, I know how to abuse, I know how to abound. Amen? Because somehow, in our minds, just, I know how to abuse. I know how I said, i not abound. Try to abound. <laughs> All right? I we together? I don't know why you know this thing is. Just let to say this thing. But oh well. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. Wisdom. Glory to God. Wisdom. You are wise enough to know the things. You, do. you know, um, in my five hundred level, while I was talking to one of my friends, um, before then, around four hundred level second semester. From four hundred level, I was thinking about saying before level second semester. I already, as at that time, I believed everything I was going to do on campus, I've done it. Primary level was just more of rounding up stuff. I was now focused on the outside world. And one of the things I was just always telling my friend was, initially, I had the fear that after school, you know, I still do the things I used to do. I still pray. I still study God's word. I still, you know, evangelize and etc. etc. And I remember a particular minister of God's word, you know, said something. Then I can't remember where exactly, and he said that. If you can trust in God for salvation, trust in him for ministry. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You know, Paul was speaking in First Timothy 1 of the 12. Go to the 1 Timothy 1 of 12. 1 Timothy 1 of 12. He says, And I thank God, I thank Jesus Christ our Lord, who has enabled me, for he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So look at what he says. He says, I thank God who enabled me. Hallelujah. He counted me faithful, putting me into ministry. So the enablement was how he counted him faithful. Hallelujah. I Are we together, guys? Are we the guys? So the point of it is this is that the work of ministry, as I said yesterday, is a partnership between you and God. Glory to God. God is strengthening you to do the work. Are we together, guys? Glory to Jesus. It's not you trying to do the work and God is looking at you and saying, let's see more. Let's see more. What's he going to do now? What's he going to do now? That's not it. And that's why we get it wrong. And that's why we are so scared of taking the wrong steps. Are we together? The work of ministry is you and God working together to achieve a common goal. Hallelujah. And that's why Paul was saying, he says, um, he says, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 20, he says, I'm, I'm sorry, I've it. Now, then, we are ambassadors. Now, he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors, there means that we are the ones that stand in the stead of Christ on the earth. Hallelujah. He says, as though God were beseeching you by us. So, he's saying, as we are begging you, it's as though God is begging you. Are we together? He says, we implore you in Christ's stead. So, first of all, he says, we are ambassadors for Christ, number one, so we stand in the stead of Christ. Number two, we are begging you as though God were begging you. So, we are begging you, which is an expression of God begging you. together? He now says, we implore you in Christ's stead. So, three times in the same verse, it shows that we are standing in the stead of Christ, we are standing instead of God. Does that make sense, guys? He says, be you reconciled to God. Hallelujah. So, ministry is a partnership between you and God. Hallelujah. So, you are enabled to do. So, my... my um, my ability to do the work of ministry is not a function of how good I am. My ability to do the work of ministry actually is a function of the enablement that God has for me. Glory to Jesus. is a function of the things I can do because of the Spirit of God that dwells in me. And that's why I told you guys 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 5 yesterday. It says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything of ourselves, right? but our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us what? Able ministers of the new covenant. So, you are not an able minister of the new covenant because of what you do. You are an able minister of the new covenant because of the Spirit that he dwells you, because of what you receive. As a reason of that enablement, you can now act appropriately. Does that make sense, guys? Glory it to Jesus. So, if you are having issues with your Bible study, look within. Amen. The problem is a lot of you want to form man of God with God. Amen. You know, it's just like, you know, Pastor Konekai made um, a particular joke then. He said, a particular man of God was talking. He said, and God spoke unto him. Pastor. He said, Pastor. said, God called you pastor. i do done for. Now you're now God's ministry gifts. God is, God is receiving instruction from you. There's a problem somewhere. All right. So, you need to understand that you are his child, you are his son. It's like he sent you an assignment. Do you get my point? If you can't do it, you come back and say, ah, Daddy, you need to me. You should back That's not my point. That's it. There are times when I am, you know, stressed, I'm stressed out and all, and I just stay there and I say, I don't know what to do. Hallelujah. The time when I pray, trust me. I, if I leave your house in two weeks, they will know. <laughs> they will know your plans. Amen. They will know your plans. Hallelujah. But there are times when I want to pray, and maybe there's so much weight in my heart. And I can't do that. But all I just say, God help me. Hallelujah. Praise You know, I posted something on Twitter, and I said initially, there's time when all you do is you pray in understanding, don't pray in tongues. Then at some point, your thoughts, and then all you are doing is praying in tongues. You never pray in understanding. Then it gets to a point where you now begin to value praying in you understanding. You, you, you still pray in tongues a lot more, but the few times when praying, you pray in your understanding, that is with Like it's like you, it's like your entire heart you poured it out. I I posted that thing because I was there at that point in time. you can't just you can't you can label you can't you just help me. Hallelujah, help me. Help me. Hallelujah! And trust me, he always does. He always comes. through. Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus. Amen. It's a partnership. Hallelujah! It is God that works in you, what you will, and through He's working in me. He's working through me. Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus. I just thought to give that admonition because 2022, as I've said before, is a year of labor. Hallelujah! Year of labor. Year for the word. Year for prayer. Year for evangelism. We leave this meeting having some things planned out. Okay, um this is how many, you know. Um amen. This is how many verses I'm gonna read in a day. Okay, or maybe my plan is I wanna finish I wanna read the, the entire Bible in a year. Glory to Jesus. That's my plan. For my guys, don't bother making a plan. I've made it for you. <laughs> I've made it for you already, alright? So you don't need to bother making the plan. So I wanna this is what want to do. this is what I want to ask for Bible study as for, for prayer. This is how long I want to pray every day. If I don't finish it in the morning, I'm going to finish it in the afternoon. Are we together? I'm going to finish it in the evening. But one way, somehow, I'm going to finish this number of hours every. Hallelujah. Okay. Once in a week, I'm going to go out and evangelize. You understand? This is not a person I'm going to talk to in a week. Don't do. I will just go, and when I've done it, I'll come back. No, that stuff never helps. This is the number of people I'm going to talk to. I'm going to talk to three people. I'm going to talk to five people. You understand? When I go out today, I'm not coming back until I talk to five people. Amen. Some of you Alright? So you do that. That's my plan for maybe once a week. Are we together? Then I want to have videos. Hallelujah. Right. Some of you think because of the word we don't pray. You know, word man, word man. The, the word it is done. It is settled. I can't be training and you think so. We, we pray we, we pray like it is not set. Hallelujah. Right. So we need to have okay, my videos, maybe once in a month. I'm gonna pray maybe four hours. And that's the thing. Don't try to start like a man of God. Amen? Start small. You should, like, just look at yourself and ask yourself, honestly, how long can I pray? Like, you don't need to be. Don't now, You that 30 minutes prayer are gone, your leg is shaking. you now say I want to do six hours. You can't do it. Amen? You just pray for two hours. You mean four hours. You'll be in a vision. Just like that. So don't do that. All right? Don't do that. Don't, don't walk in vision. Pray. So, tell yourself, maybe what I can do right now, the longest I can do is two hours. No problem. Although, I cannot tell you that you should do two hours once a month. That's a problem. Amen? But, but, my point is just, have videos. Don't let those things be a thing of the past. You know, it's only our parents that used to do those things. I get that, So, we think that like those things are old. Too. No, it's not, though. Amen? Hallelujah. Have it. Once in a month is how much I'm going to pray. Then, over And then, don't stop there. With time, you can now increase it. Maybe twice a month. I went together um, three times in a month, every weekend. Are you with me, guys? That's how it is. But you must live here with consecration. And consecration doesn't just involve those activities. It also involves working in love, giving. Hallelujah. Next year, I'm going to give One of the things I told myself, I don't even know what made me say. it. I told myself in 2020, I said that. 2021, I don't even know if anybody has seen that with. I said, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to live the baby boy life. And I'm going to give to the gospel 10 times more than I did this year. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I've done more than 10 times. I've done way, way more than 10 times. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And also, next year, I intend to do 10 times more. I don't know how. Quite frankly, I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Those are the things that meetings like this should do to you. Consecration. Amen. I'm going to talk more about it after the Holy Ghost meeting in the evening. Well, I'll give you a charge. Let's go into our teaching. So um, I already explained about the old testament scripture, about what they mean, about how we can um, pick our understanding of God's word from it, even though we're not supposed to pattern our lives after it, right? But I've taught you how that they yeah, are for our learning, right? And that's why we opened Romans 15 and verse the, the things which are written upon are written for our learning, that we through the comfort of scriptures may have hope. Hallelujah. All right, patience and comfort of scriptures may have hope. So I'm just going to pick up from where we stopped. So we stopped at where I was trying to explain how that, um, where I was trying to explain why the Israelites were, in that sense, special. Right? That it was the reason of the covenant that God made with Abraham. That's Genesis chapter 22. And 18, where it says, um, um, "In thy, um, in thy seed shall all of the nations of the earth be blessed." And I said, that, and I explained from Galatians chapter three and I think verse nine that that seed was referring to Christ. Hallelujah. So he was actually talking about the fact that through Jesus. Will all of mankind be blessed? How? Because Jesus will die for the sins of all. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so what we see with the nation of Israel is, first of all, we see a covenant made with Abraham. And therefore, that lineage had to be preserved. Are we together? Up till the Messiah would be born. Does that make sense, guys? And number two is that we also see an election of grace. God just singled them out. (laughs) Hallelujah. There's nothing he can do about it. Amen? God just decides to use some men. There's nothing you can do about it. Hallelujah. Praise God. This common um, saying, God, God qualifies the call; He doesn't call the qualified. Amen. There's no bigger truth than that. You know, there's things I used to say in those times. We think it doesn't work anymore because we know the word. It's so true. Amen. You can never know why God calls for me. Amen. You just, and you don't need to like them for God to use them. I think I need to say that too. Glory to Jesus. They don't need to know the word for God to use them. Glory to God. Because God shows them whether or not they knew the word. Are you with me? And I was discussing this with my friend yesterday. I said, we think that because we know the word, it gives us um, a special treatment with God. You can like, we feel like, ah, because we know the word, God will feel like, ah, I'll make the way easier for you. <laughs> it doesn't even work like that. Hallelujah. God rewards faithfulness. Amen? Yeah. In fact, the fact that you know the word is more reason why you should be faithful. Amen. That was what Paul James was saying in James 3. He says, let not all men be masters. By masters, they are immense teachers. James 3 and verse 1. Go there. James 3, 1. Okay. Um, yeah, he says, be not my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. The word masters, they actually means teachers. He says, knowing that we shall receive, why will you receive greater condemnation? Because you know. Do you understand my point? You know. Amen? So, in fact, the fact that you know the word is more reason." Amen? He is more reason why you should be faithful. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, I feel like I'm talking so much about what I want to say. Let me just try to move faster. So, I've explained yesterday about how, then I now try to explain to, to show better that it wasn't like the Jews were the only ones that were reserved for salvation. I showed how that from Hebrews 11 and verse 31, we have a halot gentile that was Rahab the haloth, that was justified by faith. So, it wasn't a function of that If you are born in Israel alone, you know, that's when you are reserved for salvation. No, even a Gentile, we have you know evidence from scripture, every 11 and verse 31 that a Gentile was saved. Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus! How be it in a figure because Jesus had, had come to die. Glory to God, right? So, I'm just going to leave that part now. Go to Ephesians 2 to 15. Let me seal up that point. Ephesians 2 to 15. So, in Christ now, however, we do not have just the Jews reserved. O- only the Jews receive salvation. We have both the Jews and Gentiles. Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews um, Ephesians 2 verse 11. It says, Wherefore remember that he being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcision. By the way, I want to say this. You do know that you are a Gentile, right? Amen? Because you have things like um, um, how you say that? It? It um, we shall relieve the fruits of the Gentiles. Something like that. We shall relieve the fruits of the Gentiles. Yeah. You said, eh? Yeah, the world of the Gentiles is converted to us. If only you knew what you were saying. Amen. I hope you're a Gentile. You're a Nigerian. You're not a Jew. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. That one is not. High. I don't think that one is. No. You're a Gentile. You're not a Jew. So you're a Gentile. Anybody that is not a Gentile is a Jew. Amen. Glory yeah. to Jesus. Let's continue. <laughs> well, it says, wherefore remember, however, there, there are contexts to which you can use. Gentile and Jew. But you need to use it within the context of salvation. In that case, you now mean Jews dare refer to salvation. But so, there are some scriptures that cannot work. When you are using an Old Testament scripture to say Jew and Gentile? According to the Old Testament, a Jew belongs under the law. Are you with me? A Gentile is anybody that is not under the law. Does that make sense, guys? Do you understand? Thank you. So you cannot quote an Old Testament scripture to try to explain the believer's reality in Christ and refer to the believer as a Jew. No. The believer is a word, Gentile. According to so far the person is not from Israel. According to the Old Testament, if they are not from Israel, they are what? A Gentile. Does that make sense? Very good. So it says, wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hand. Continue verse 12. It says that at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Does this make sense, guys? So you were not part of it. Are we together? It says you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Of course, I was part of it because my name is anyway. <laughs> and strangers from the covenant of promise, he says, having no hope and without God in this world, you were, were strangers from okay, just one, don't worry, we don't have so much time. Verse 13, he says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, when are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So, according to here, he's saying, We were far, off. hallelujah, but by the blood of Christ, we have been brought together. I like verse 14, beautiful. Go to verse 14, he says, For he is our peace, who is our peace? Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, who has made both one? Who are the both that he has made one? Jews and Gentiles. Does that make sense, guys? Jews and Gentiles. So, he has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition. What is the middle wall of partition that separated us? The law. Are we together? By the law were the Jews separated from the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And that was what, don't go there, that was what Romans was explaining. In Romans chapter, in Romans 2, in Romans one, he explained how that the Gentiles were under sin. Explain how that you know the Gentiles are inexcusable because from the visible from the visible things of the world, the invisible things of God are clearly seen. Are we together? Then in Romans two, he now explains how that the Jews themselves are also under sin. Because they have the law and they've sinned according to the law. And that's why in Romans 3 he said that for those who are without the law will perish without the law. And those who sin under the law will sin under the law. So the dividing factor between Jews and Gentiles was actually the giving of the law. Are we together, guys? So when he says he has broken down the middle wall of partition, it's not the middle wall of partition between us and God. Amen? No, the middle wall of partition between the Jews and the Gentiles. So he made both Jews and Gentiles one, and he broke down the middle wall of partition between the Jews and the Gentiles. Are are we together? He now says, between us, then verse 15. He says, having abolished... Now look at it. How did he break down the middle wall of partition? Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. Does that make sense, guys? So, the way he broke down the middle wall of partition between us was that he abolished the enmity in the flesh. How did he do that? By, he says, even the law of commandments that was contained in ordinances. This is exactly what Colossians 2 and verse, I think verse 15 was talking about. When he said that, having um, spoiled principalities and past, okay, no, verse 14. Go to Colossians 2, verse 14. i are still going to come back here. Colossians 2, verse 14. Alright, it says blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, it was referring to the law. Alright? When you see the word ordinances used in scripture, it's often th- in particular in the epistles, It's referring to the law a lot of times. Are we together, guys? So it says blotting out the and of ordinances that was against us, which I think I did a study on ordinances in exploring salvation two. So, is it three B? Or oh, is it three B? Oh, even though my sermon went them all right. He says, Blotting out the writing of ordinances that was against us. He says, Which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. So, by Jesus' death... Or, oh, no. Are you sure this is 3 Because I, I use this to explain the implication of Jesus' death. That by Jesus dying, he took, by him dying on the cross, he took away the course of the law. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. Galatians 3, and I think verse 13. You are no more under the course of the law. Right? Because Christ has been made a cause for us. For it is written, cause is anyone who hangs on a tree. So, as a reason of Jesus dying on the tree or dying on the cross, he took away, are we together? He took away the cause of the law. Are we together? And in taking away the cause of the law, he has abolished the law. Are we together? He has paid the full requirements of the law. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Verse 2. He says, "Um, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3 now says, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. So, as a reason of his death, sin and the dictates of the law have been covered for. Does that make sense, guys? Glory to Jesus. And because the law is now gone, the separation between Jews and Gentiles, are we together? Is has gone. Hence, Jesus could now do the sacrifice for all men at the same time. Does that make sense, guys? So, is, so this is the point. Look at this is where the death burial resurrection goes. So, in the death, which was on the cross, he first separated Jew and Gentile. So, after he has removed this, now, every man is under sin. Are we together? He now paid the price for all men as one. Does that make sense, guys? So, now, there's no more separating factor between Jews and Gentiles. Does that make sense? Are we together? Beautiful. So, what I just tried to do that to explain, I'm sorry I rushed through it, is to let you see how that both Jews and Gentiles can be saved and are now saved. Are we together, guys? So, salvation is not reserved for the Jews. Alright? So, I've explained how the Old Testament foreshadows the New Testament. So, I'm not going to say so much about, about that. So, now, so some of the things we saw yesterday about Israel being the, um, we, see, we saw Israel being the firstborn, right? Exodus 22 and verse 4. Exodus, um, Jesus being the Son of God. Also in Exodus 22 verse 4. We saw Jesus being referred to as um, a wife or a bride, right? We saw Jesus. Um, um, Israel also referred to as an allot. Are we together, guys? Because it was supposed to be a wife, but then was going after idolatry and so on and so forth. Does that make sense, guys? So, now, as we saw yesterday, the Old Testament foreshadows the New. Hence, there are things in the Old Testament that have an implication in the New Testament. Hallelujah. So, the Bible says that we are the sons of God. Glory to Jesus. Say, I'm the son of God. I'm a son of God. Go to First John chapter 3 and verse 1. First John 3 and verse 1. You know, you hear some very reckless songs. Jesus, now the only son of God. First of all, that's wrong. But number two, why? Ewo. Ewo, Yoruba. Doesn't sound like a good thing. Ewo. That's not true. And that should be not true. Ewo, not true. Hallelujah. Not Genesis chapter a verse 18. First John three verse one. 1 John three one. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. He says, Behold now, you know, I like like you could almost tell that John was you know, the thing don't hit him. Like he goes to this point, and you know in your just screams, says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That the everlasting God, the everlasting Father, has chosen to make us his children. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Do you know what sonship is? Sonship is the fact that it dwells in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you realize that this was the reason they tried to kill Jesus? Because the Bible says that, you know, when it says um, 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 I am My father are one, right, it says that you make yourself equal with God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. The meaning of sonship is that God dwells in me. Hallelujah. That I have the very nature of God in me. That's the meaning of being a son of God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So this, is, this has major implications. Glory to God. Go to Galatians 4 and verse, Galatians 4 and verse 6. Galatians 4 and verse 6. He says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Because you are sons. Say, I'm a son, and I have the spirit of sonship in my heart. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Romans 8 and verse 16. Romans 8 and verse 16. Romans 8 and verse 16. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I think we should stretch our hands to him. Just talk, talk.
1: <laughs>
0: in says the spirit itself bears witness with our spirits that we are what? Children of God. By the way, children and sons, yeah, it's just the same thing. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. Children and sons is pretty much the same thing. There's a place where children and sons was used differently. In Galatians 4, right? Have I explained that to you guys before? Have I? saying Let me say I small. Anyway, so in Galatians 4. He was actually talking about children being under the Lord and sonship coming in Christ. Are we together? I'm sorry I don't have so much time to explain that, so hopefully it's soon enough. You know. No, I didn't say you should go there. I was there. Don't <laughs> worry, don't worry, it's fine. Just go back. Go back. Romans eight and verse 16. It says the spirit itself bears with our spirits that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. Say I'm a child of God. John chapter one and verse twelve. John one and verse twelve. Go there. John one and verse twelve. Hallelujah. Don't want to restore. He says that, he says, but as many as received him, first of all, I want to say in context, this actually was referring to the Jews. Quite frankly. So wasn't necessarily actually referring to the Gentiles. Because you realize that in verse 10, go to verse 10, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He was talking about Jesus. Now go to verse 11. He says, he came unto whom? And his own did what? Are we together? He came to his own. His own did not receive him. Does that make sense? So who was his own? The Jews. They did not receive him. Then verse 12. We are going. Verse 12. But as many as received him. Does that make sense to you guys? Now, of course, this is not to say that the Gentiles cannot be saved, but in context, it was primarily referring to the Jews. But as many as received Him, to them He gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Now, continue verse thirteen to make you understand more. Which are not born, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse fourteen. He says, "And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, and glory of God the Father, full of grace and truth." And then verse fifteen now says that, "For, for the law was given." Okay. Where, where did he say, "For the law was given"? I think that's verse seventeen. Seventeen, have I mean. Verse 17. Alright, thank you. So in that sense, but the love was given by Moses was great and took him by Christ Jesus. So he was basically doing a discrepancy of the Jews between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Do you understand my point? Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Alright. So in context, John chapter 1 and verse 12 was referring to the Jews. But that still doesn't change the fact that both Gentiles and Jews can be saved. Do you understand me? Alright, very good. So let's also see some other things. Jesus is also referred to as the firstborn. Go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. Romans 8 and verse 29. Romans 6, this was the verse that scattered my head yesterday. I was trying to put it, and it scattered. It says, for whom he did for know, him he also did predestinate, hallelujah, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the what, firstborn among many brethren. Remember that he called Israel firstborn in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. But he's now saying that also in the New Testament, Israel, um, that, um, 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 that anyone who is saved, is, um, that Jesus is the firstborn among any that is saved. Hallelujah. Now, just so you understand, so that you're not be thinking that Jesus is first born, we are second born, Jesus, and then, you know, then, no, 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 I can't be second born. That is the is second born. You just makes a lot of sense that someone is second born, Jesus, second born, Jesus, and then, yeah, me, I'll be like, maybe around like fifth born, Jesus, you know, like fifth, ah, care my. Do you know the kind of people that we be be around like fifth born, do you get, not. no, that's not the point there. Hallelujah. The word firstborn is a Greek word prototopos. P R O. T-O-T-O-K-O-S. Prototokos. Prototokos means the pattern or the prototype. After which others follow. Are we together? So, Jesus being the firstborn does not mean he's the one that receives the biggest meat, When they are sharing rice in heaven. In the, peace, in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I say, Jesus are the firstborn. Take meat. Now share the rest among your younger brothers. Thank God Jesus is not like me anyways. <laughs> you know, why are you looking at me? What's wrong? <laughs> so, firstborn there means is the prototype after which others are patterned after. Are we together? So if we are using the idea of firstborn to look at it, then Jesus means the firstborn means we are the firstborn as well. Hallelujah, because we are patterned just like him. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. Go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 17. That will make more sense. Romans 8 and verse 17. 17. Romans 8, verse 17. this man does our time. Romans 8, verse 17. Okay. He says, and if children, then hairs, hairs of God, and joint hairs with Christ. Now pay attention. So in verse 16, he already says that what? We are children of God. Hallelujah. Verse 17 now says, if children, then we are hairs. Hallelujah. And we are hairs of God and what? So we are joint hairs with Christ. Hallelujah. We are not sub-heirs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. We are joint heads with him. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. The fact that he is there is proof that we are there. Does that make sense, guys? His inheritance. is our inheritance. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Because when he died, he died for us. When he was buried, he was buried for us. And when he rose on the third day, he rose for us. Does that make sense, guys? So we are joint heads with him. We have the same inheritance. And what's the inheritance? Our resurrection. Hallelujah. Because it is from the resurrection that everything that pertains to life and godliness sprung out, sprung out from. Does that make sense, guys? So we are joint heads in the resurrection. Are we together? Does that make sense? Glory to Jesus. So let's go see other places. Go to Colossians 1 and verse 15. Colossians 1 and verse 15. Where Jesus is called the firstborn. Colossians 1 and verse 15. It says, Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Hallelujah. There's so much exigences ex, 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 I can do around that place, but don't let me take time. Go to verse 18. Verse 18. It says, And is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Why is he called the firstborn from the dead? Because this is this simple. Jesus rose from the dead so that all of us can rise also. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. When he rose from the dead, he didn't just rise for himself. We are now, he rose as a pattern for everyone that is dead. That as we believe on his name, we, we are now risen with him as well. Hallelujah. So that's why it's called the firstborn from the dead. Hallelujah. You it a criminal? What it actually means is that because He is risen, Hallelujah. Anyone that believes on him is also raised from the dead onto spiritual life. Hallelujah. So he is the prototype after which we are patterned or, um, is the prototype to which we are patterned after. Does that make sense, guys? Does that make sense? Beautiful. Very good. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So then, let's move on from there. Now, um, also you see the church being referred to. You see it's job being referred to as the bride. Hallelujah! Go to Ephesians five, verse twenty-one. Want to do a little talk around relationship? Want to be bride and do a relationship talk? Well, don't you like it? Say, you know, I, I was I was going to teach on um, relationship next year. Next year, February, actually, I was I was going to. But now emphasis on words. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was going to actually, but there's no way I can. There's just no time to teach on it. Amen. I want to pray for you. God will lead you in your relationships. If you need, if you really need any teaching on it, I have enough that I can recommend. Ah, Since so I you put your hand down for the gospel next year. For the gospel, not if I hear man. Man what? No way. Any man is manna. He did, did. I did teach now. He did, All right, so he says, I said 21, man of God. 21. Is, is everything fine? Though? I think mean, he said this All right, very <laughs> good. All right, so he says, submitting yourselves one to another. Okay, I think I'll just branch it and touch this thing. I'll just touch it small. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Continue to the next verse. I want to start from saying, you see this idea about submission? It's very simple. First of all, the problem with us is that we waste our time arguing with the world. I don't get. It. So you are arguing submission with someone that is not saved. To so what end? No, quite frankly, I want to understand. So when you ag- agree with him, so now wait, you so you will agree at least you will agree with submission in Christianity, but he's not a Christian. Like so, like there are some things that you should, that you should not bother wasting your time arguing with non-believers. You get because even if they agree and they actually are now submitted, it doesn't mean they are safe. they're saved. They'll still go to hell. So you are just submitted. Where, like, <laughs> do you understand? So, like, your concern should not be your concern should be, does this person even regard the sacrifice of Christ? Are you with me? Because that is where you can teach submission from. Does it make sense, guys? And you say that the first submission in verse 21, go there, verse 21, the first submission is to submit ourselves once to another in the fear of God. So, in the church, there is first a submission that is expected of every believer, hallelujah, such that a brother can, can come and meet you and say, Ah, brother, can you tell you that? Do you understand? Didn't really do so well. Do You get? Can correct you? Do you understand? Or you can maybe have a fault and go and meet a brother and tell the brother this and this and this is what happened. Do you understand? I need you to you know um, follow up, follow up on me. Do you understand? Help strengthen me and so on and so forth. Do you understand? So there is a submission that is first of all required in the church, whether you are male or female. This is the problem with most people. They jump into the submission that is required between spouses that they do not first of all remember the submission that is expected of both people. Are you with me? You should not be dating a guy that is not submitted to a local church. Amen? Like, you would think that by now people understand this simple thing. What one does he attend? Well, he's not really a church guy. Amen? Like, it's, it's, it's plain. Like, don't you think? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You should not date a lady who is not also submitted to a local church. What church does she attend? She doesn't need, doesn't need to do church like that, but, but she follows online service. No, okay. Someone that doesn't have, she doesn't have, you don't have, or he or she doesn't have someone that, when they misbehave, you go and talk to. See, they are not, they are not, see, be scared of a man that doesn't have somebody that they look up to, or somebody that can correct them. And I'm not just talking about relationships now, I'm talking about anything. Be scared of a business partner that you cannot... There's no person that you can go and meet when the person is doing any harm. Be scared of those kind of people. Same as well, be scared to follow a man that doesn't publicly declare a man he follows. Are we together? That's what I just said now. The Lord help you. Let's go on. People often think that when you make it look like you are on your own, it makes you look... Indispensable. Like people look at you like, wow, you let it all on your own. It's not possible. Amen. No matter how much revelation you have, I can tell you, you didn't learn it on your own. Hallelujah. You can't have learned it on Somebody was an influence in your life. It's not, it's not a big deal to say that you owe your ministry to somebody. Honor doesn't depreciate you. Because it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a behavior I'm seeing consistently. Among younger folks. Do you understand? We don't like to be seen as though we are following someone. It's like we want to make a path for ourselves. We want to make... I don't, know, I don't know if you get my point. We want to make a name for ourselves. So we don't want it to look like we are under someone. I don't know if you get my point. Honor oh, doesn't make you smaller. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. It doesn't. The fact that you got the revelation on your own. Eh? Doesn't make it special. It's not in the Bible. Amen? I went together? So you should know is, in fact, I'm always ready of people that say things like, you probably have not heard this anywhere. I get it. But if every time you always say, you've not know heard it before, we have not heard it before, you've not know heard this before, one day you will say rubbish. I'm being honest. If every day you always say, this one, you've not heard this somewhere anyway before, this one, you've not know, That's how one day you will say what you're not supposed to say. All because in a bit of trying to say something that nobody has said before. Why do you want to say something that nobody has said before? It's there. It's in the Bible. There's nothing you want to say that Paul has not said before, Amen. There's nothing you want to say that Peter has not said before. Are you with me? Just stick with it. Don't be tired of saying the same thing over and over again. Amen. God that gave us this Bible for generations knows that at some point we'll be saying the same thing again and again. You can't be wiser than God. Amen. Just hear. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, not have saying this thing is, is more than is more than Greek and Hebrew. Anything that's more than Greek and Hebrew, run away from it. <laughs> you, know, you know, almost like, I was telling you a friend, I say, I say, it's not about to say rubbish, say once you hear it, you can it's about to say rubbish, See, it's, it's not, it's not just about Greek and Hebrew, it's not, there, there are things within Sushi, don't do that, hallelujah, don't do that, I don't know, what makes, like, it's so funny, I've this, hearing it a lot these days, and it makes me laugh, it's not by Greek and Hebrew, so it's just like saying, it's not according to good Bible interpretation, that's what the person is saying, it's not according to Greek, there are more things, now, I get it, Revelation is not Greek and Hebrew, are we together? Are we together, guys? Revelation isn't Greek and Hebrew, but to talk down on proper interpretation because you want to make a point is rubbish. Even if your point is right, are we together? Do you understand me? To talk down on proper, so I should not do proper interpretation because it's say, "Can I can't sit down, John?" Do you know what? It's, it's, it's not based on Greek and Hebrew. You are not serious. Don't study. It's not based on Greek and Hebrew. Oh God, now be saying different kind of things. Anyways. He says, submitting yourself, I've explained about this, verse 22. He says, wives, so, the reason a wife will be able to submit is because she has learned submission in the church. Do you understand? You are wasting your time trying to teach an unbeliever to submit. In fact, you are wasting your time trying to teach a woman, a lady, who isn't committed to a local church to submit. Someone that cannot submit to her department head. That just because maybe um, they did not allow her to lead praise and worship, she did not show up in church the It's not possible. together? are you to that? So the problem most times is that we jump into the subject of marriage without addressing the fact that these people are not serious believers. Do you understand me? Do you get me? Let me continue. Verse, verse 23. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. You see, this thing already clears out this whole idea of somebody being the head or something, something. Personally, I feel like if you understand how Christ is the head of the church, you'll be happy that you're not the head. And if you understand that Christ is the head of the church, you'll be scared to be the head of the, of the wife. you not being the head. How did Christ prove that he's the head of the church? He died. The problem is that we think being a leader is being at, at the forefront. Being a leader is sacrifice. That's what Jesus was saying. No, don't, don't open this. Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and he said this. He said this. He said this. He says, you know that the Gentiles exercise lordship over one another. Right? And he says, the kings, how they prove that they are lord, is by the exact exercising lordship. He says, but let it not be so among you. He says, Whoever is a leader among you, let him first be a servant. And how did Jesus prove it? He by washing their feet. So the idea of being a head, do you understand, in a marriage or in a relationship or whatever, the idea that you are the head actually is that you are ready to sacrifice. Amen? Hallelujah. Is ready to sacrifice? Ready to go the extra mile. A, a wise woman builds the house. Why about a wise husband? Amen. How about him? He breaks it down so the woman can have work to do. So she won't be less busy. <laughs> so he's teaching the household. Are <laughs> we together? Do you understand? So the idea of submission is just like the way you submit your pa- Don't you submit your pastor? Yes, you do. So submitting it to your husband isn't a problem. The problem people have with submission, pay attention, is because they have issues submitting to someone. Whose intention they don't understand, or they don't know. When you know, let me tell you something. When you know that this person can do anything for me, you don't have any problem believing the person. Do you understand? The problem with people's submission is you are in a relation with the wrong person. Do you know that's so good that this submission is a problem with them? They, they've never had discussion about submission or not. They don't know. A lot of our parents they don't have arguments. So you know, is this is our generation. There are a the arguments that now have sense. You so a lot of them they, they don't they even know that there's a Fight about submission or no submission. Do you understand? Why? Because some, in, in some cases, anyways, they know that this man can do anything. Are we together? When you totally trust someone, submitting to Jesus is no a problem. Are you with me? So the problem, oftentimes, that ladies have, and at the end of the day, it's the one that causes this. When you went and date somebody that normally he's not giving to the Lord of he's not giving to any pastor, he's not, just, he's not submitted to any leadership in any church. Are you with me? Then the topic of submission comes in, and like, keep submitting to this one. The <laughs> <laughs> While at the then now you have issues of submission. Are you with me? Glory to Jesus. So don't jump the first thing and go to the second thing. First of all, first and foremost, start from here. Is this person a believer? Is he given to God's word? Is he given to um, ministry in the local church? Is he given to the service of the saints? Does he honor his pastor? Does he honor his pastor? Amen. Hallelujah. Not wonder. You say, so that's your pastor. What's is young girl? I say, ah, he's even too sad. Can't even be me. I will know by word of knowledge. And if I catch you, say me. I'm small. Me. Now bring that your boyfriend. Now, all right. So, so, the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and the savior of the body, go on. So He says, and the savior of the body. And you see, so you are the you are the Lord. You are, you are the savior. Amen. Amen. Guys are not saying Amen anymore. <laughs> he says, therefore, as the sub- church is subject to Christ, now we know that even though we are subject to Christ, Christ cannot do anything to us that wants to harm us. Do you understand? At the end of the day, the fact that He is Lord over us is for our benefit. Does that make sense, guys? Do you understand? He says, so let also wives be subject. To, uh, so let um, wives be to their own husbands in everything. Don't forget that in all of this, this husband is a member of the church, so he is also submitted somewhere. And as believers, they are submitted to another, to one another. Do you understand? The problem is that we see these people outside their salvation. These people are believers. So as a brother and sister, forget even that we are dating each other, do you understand, or we are married. As brother and sister, we are submitted one to another. So if you are not praying well, do you understand? I should find a way to help you. Do you understand? If you are not studying the Bible, well, I should find a way to help you. If you are not doing the work of evangelism, well, I should find a way to help you. The problem with most of you is that in your entire relationship, there's not a spiritual day. Amen. Hallelujah. Nothing spiritual. No, no, no. Ask yourself when have you told this babe that maybe I'm going on evangelism or something? Or you asked that how was your evangelism? Chase, even somebody that is not going to show (laughs) that. you also asked that how evangelism. Some of you are already from the talking stage, you know that there's a problem. (laughs) Some talking stage, you know that there's a problem. Because when you're already getting someone down, just ordinary, the way you're looking at me is that you should come and beat me up. There is no one that, on the talking stage, you New know, last one talking stage is calling you on a Sunday morning. He's calling you church. He's dead? It's by 1 p.m. You already to be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you put up with me
1: trouble.
0: <laughs> Anyways, well, you get my point. Are you with me? So, before we are dating each other, Jesus, that I didn't love you, love you, before then, we are both brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you with me? And so, we are already submitted to our, So, out, even on a normal day, as believer to believer, I am submitted to my wife. Do you understand? So, my wife can see me and say, ah, babe, you're not praying as much as you used to. Do you understand? what's going on? Do you get my point? You're not, do you understand? You're not giving as much as you used to. You have not been, you You've been a lot busy with work these days. You are no longer going on altitudes like you used to. Do you understand my point? Or oh, you're supposed to have a B.G. yesterday night. You didn't have it. I hope there's no problem. Do you get me? That is so. It is from there that so the problem with people and submission is that first of all we are putting sub, we are pushing submission to the wrong people. So you are preaching submission to people who normally, the idea of leadership is that you are the Lord. You are the boss. So what do you think they will say? That's my one. Number two is that we speak of submission outside the fact that these people are believers. And so they are submitted once. And that was even before Paul says, and so that's, and I've also seen people try to twist it and say, eh, when he says submission there, it doesn't really mean submission, no. Submission is submission, When he says, wives submit to your own husband, wives are supposed to submit to their husband. Amen? But then at the same time, Brethren are supposed to submit to each other. And brethren includes the man and the woman because they are both saved. Amen? Hallelujah. Are we good? I think I've done. That's enough relationship for the entire 2022. I've taught it already. So, that's the psalm. Just crop it out. That's our relationship. <laughs> that's, that's our relationship to 2022. That's it. So, uh, therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, um, let the wife. Anyways, what I want what I wanted to explain basically for Prophecy 5:21, that's one the fact that he likens the church and Christ. To man and wife. Hallelujah. So he likens the church to the bride of Christ or to the wife of Christ. Does that make sense, guys? Does that make sense? And we already saw in the Old Testament that Israel was also likened to what? Was also called a bride or a wife. Are we together? Does that make sense? Now, let's continue. Go to Revelations 21. Revelations 21. Uh, go to verse 1 to 2. It says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more and there was no more sea. Verse verse 2. And I John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Alright? So we want to understand. So the new Jerusalem that is coming down is a bride. Are we together? So, what is this, or who, or what is this New Jerusalem? Are we together? Go to Hebrews 12 and verse 22. Hebrews 12 and verse 22. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22. He says, But you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God. He says, The what? The what? The heavenly Jerusalem. Now, remember in Revelation 21 and verse 2, we saw about the New Jerusalem coming down from heaven as a bride. Are we together? Does that sound like the heavenly Jerusalem? Does that go to Revelation 21 of two? You guys don't seem sure. Revelation 21 of two. amen. Sorry, all right. So, let's go on now. So, he says, I, John, saw the holy city. The New Jerusalem coming down from where? Have you passed? it, I pull up my suit Don't worry. We'll see end at the appropriate time. Amen. Don't worry. I'm not going to. <laughs> all right. So it says New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. So the New. So this was now. That I want to do a teaching on Revelation. This is the thing. What John saw here was a vision. All right, and it was a vision about what was going to happen in the end times. Do you understand? Although not entirely about what's going to happen in the other time. But the point basically is the fact that this is a vision about a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. So the old heaven and the old earth were passed away, right? And then this new Jerusalem, right, was now coming down from heaven. So this is the heavenly Jerusalem. So there was an initial Jerusalem we together on the earth. But now there is a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven that is prepared as a bride. So this is the heavenly Jerusalem. Does that make sense, guys? So there is an earthly Jerusalem that we all know, right? That is still there till today. And then there is going to be an heavenly Jerusalem that is coming down from heaven that is prepared as a bride. Does that make sense, guys? So now we're trying to understand what is this heavenly Jerusalem. So we will from one, two again. Thank you. He says, you are come unto Mount Zion. So he's talking about believers. We. Hallelujah. We are come unto Mount Zion. We are come to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Now let's make more sense of it. He says, to an innumerable company of angels. Verse 23. He says to the General Assembly, I'm going to talk better about General Assembly in the Holy Ghost meeting tonight. He says, And the church of the firstborn, which are what? Written in heaven. Is your name in the book of life? Your name in the book of life, yeah. Me, is your name in the life? My name is there. There is Jesus. My name is there. If you open a book and my name is not there, you open the wrong book. You can't find the correct book. Amen? Hallelujah. My name is there. Glory to Jesus. Why? Because, you see, I am part of the General Assembly and the Church of the First World. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. My names are registered in heaven. Glory to God. Amen. You say, um, the book of life, you say, um, the, the roots, your your names are written with the ink. Yes, with the ink, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus that has washed all my sins away. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God as it is whether they use book or they use tablets or they have a cloud storage, which makes more sense because it's a bit. So, <laughs> this thing, it came or Invite your friends, I teach well. <laughs> so, he says, so the general assembly of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, he says, to God the judge of all and to the spirit of just memory perfect. So, what you see here is referring to the new state of the believer. Are we together, guys? And he says that this believer, hallelujah. Is a member or is part of the heavenly Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And don't forget what we saw in Revelation 21 and, and verse 2. He says, This new Jerusalem was prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. Did you see that the church, also another allusion to show that the church is referred to as a bride. Are we together, guys? Are we together? Let me see. Now look at Galatians chapter 4 and verse 26. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 26. Still talking about um, Jerusalem. Galatians verse He says, but Jerusalem which is above is free. In this Galatians 4, he was trying to make a distinction between the earthly Jerusalem and then the heavenly Jerusalem. All right, And then he's not talking about the heavenly Jerusalem. And he says, but the Jerusalem which is above is free, which is the mother of us all. Hallelujah. By mother, it means from which we all spring forth. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Our blessing was a blessing that was done from the heavenly Jerusalem. Does that make sense, guys? Hallelujah. Say I'm born. I'm born. From the heavenly Jerusalem, Hallelujah! Because we're made out of the womb of the resurrection. Does that make sense, guys? His resurrection from the dead is where all of us sprung out of. Hallelujah! And we sprung out of the heavenly Jerusalem. We're not trying to get there. That's the thing. We're not trying to get to heaven. That's why Philippians three and verse twenty says our conversation is in heaven. Hallelujah! The word conversation there is the word citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. It's not our citizenship will be in heaven. And you know I like Philippians three and verse twenty very so much. Go there because it, it's. It gives a particular perspective. So oftentimes, what we think is that Jesus is in heaven, we are on earth, right? I said "Heaven, Jesus. That h factor just came out. It's all anyway, this guy will put in yeah. He says, so, why is this guy here? Is it the power? <laughs> Alright. He says, our conversation is in heaven. That word is citizenship. He says, from whence? So, look at what he says. We are citizens of heaven. And then, from there... We look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the mindset we have normally is that we are on earth. Jesus is in heaven. So, from heaven, Jesus is coming to us. And we are waiting for him. But he's giving you a different perspective about it. He says, we are citizens of heaven. And it is from that citizenship that we are waiting for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, where we are right now, is a um, heaven on earth. Heaven on earth is is not a once in Once in a year, really. Hallelujah. Heaven on earth is the perpetual state of the believer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Heaven on earth is where you are. Heaven came down and glory That's what happened the day you were saved. And that is the perpetual state of the believer. Amen? Does that make sense, guys? Very beautiful. So, the church is referring. So, you can see that the allusions that were used for Israel in the Old Testament are actually allusions that were also used for the church in the Epistle. So, you see, son and firstborn, referring to also, that was also used for the church. Hallelujah, believers. You see, the bride, that was also used for the church. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. All right. Very good. So, so we've already seen. So, the reason I try to establish this foundation is that. I try to establish this foundation is basically to show you that therefore there are things that we can glean from the Old Testament that's concerning Israel, right? Concerning how, they, how God's relation, how God related with them and concerning the perception that they had as a nation that the church can learn from today to help us consistently drive what God would have us do. Are we together, guys? Do you understand? Open Numbers 33. Numbers 33 from verse 52 to 56. So we're going to be opening a lot of Old Testament scripture. Romans 33, from verse 52 to 56. Are you there? All right. It says, then, So Jesus, was God speaking to the Israelites, says, Then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their pictures, and destroy all their molten images, and, and quite pluck down all their high places. Verse 53. He says, And you shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land, and dwell therein. For I have given you the land to possess it. Verse 54. And you shall divide the land by lots for an inheritance among your families. And the more, you shall give the more inheritance. And to the favor, you shall give less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his blood falleth, According to the tribes of your families, you they shall, they shall inherit. Verse 55. But if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sight. By the way, this which you explain in, um, I think it was Thessalonians, the book of Thessalonians, in 2nd Thessalonians 3, where Paul spoke about turn in his flesh. Hallelujah. Uh, no, it's not 2nd Second, Second Corinthians. Actually, 2nd Corinthians. Where Paul spoke about turn in his flesh, right? And people have said turn in his flesh was sickness. That God gave him sickness so that it will not be. And because the way Paul said, he says that lest I be buffeted above measure. Are we together? And based on the abundance of revelation I have received. He says it was given to me a turn in the flesh. Are we together? And people have now said that what that means is that God made Paul sick so that he will not be too proud. What does he make it? At all, because just the best after Paul now says that he says, anyways, I will glory in tribulations, in persecutions, etc., etc. So what he meant by turning the flesh was actually not a thing like sickness, but persecution. Are we together? Things he had to suffer as a reason of the work. Does that make sense, guys? Does that make sense? So, so a good example you can see is that turning the flesh was not used for things; it was used for men. Because if you look through, I think in the Old Testament, you only have one or two references for where you see turning the flesh used. Turning the side. And it was referring to people that if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, the like inhabitants I was talking about the Amorites, the Perizzites, the uh, the Jebusites. Thank you very much. So those are people we was talking about. Are we together, guys? So it says, if you do not drive out those inhabitants of the land before you, it shall come to pass that those which remain shall be bricks in your eyes and turns in your side, and they shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. Go to verse fifty-six. He says, moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you. As I taught to do unto them. Are we together? So we say that there is a mindset that God gives the Israelites here. That in whatever nation you go into, do well to drive the people that are there away from you. Hallelujah. And when you look at this, it almost seems as though God was trying to ostracize Israel. Do you understand? God was trying to give them some special preference, some special treatment. But then you realize the reason that God told them to do this. Let me show you some things. Go to. Uh, Mm, okay, before I, before I go there, go to Deuteronomy twenty three from verse two to five. Deuteronomy twenty three from verse two to five. Are you there? It says, "A bastard shall not enter into the congregation of God." By bastard, it just basically means one that is not of us. Are we together? The bastard, the, the, it means that um, one maybe the person's father is a gentile. Are you are you with me? Basically, or the person itself is not is not an Israelite. Are we together, guys? And, in fact, in the Jewish religion, there's something called a proselyte. A proselyte is a converted Jew. So, if a person could have been a Gentile before, but since the person now is ready to, you know, maybe to, be, to become circumcised, right, to now begin to follow the dictates of the law, then the person now becomes a converted Jew, a proselyte. Are we together, guys? So, that's it. So, now in that case, that person is now a Jew. So, he's not a bastard. Do you understand? But someone who is a Gentile, who is not, among, who is not with us, who is not among us, maybe some, somehow he now has a Jewish wife and gives birth to a child that child also cannot join us. Are we together, guys? Do you understand? So he says, a bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to his 10th generation shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Verse 3. He says, an Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to their 10th generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Verse 4. He says, because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when you came forth, when you came forth out of Egypt, and because they hired against, these, against thee, against Balaam the son of Baal of Keturah of Mesopotamia to cause thee. Verse five. He says, "Never the Lord, the less the Lord thy God would not act in unto Balaam, but the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee because the Lord thy God loved thee." Hallelujah. So we see that God also gave them another instruction to do what to um, separate Gentiles away from them, to separate Moabites away from them, to separate Ammonites away from them. Are we together? And so when you look at this, it almost seems as though God was ostracizing Israel. Away from every other country, are we together? Almost like he was giving them some sort of uh, preferential treatment. But then, when you do an in-depth study, you realize why exactly God told them to do that. Go to Judges 14, Judges 14, from verse 1 to 3. Want to see something about Samson? Do you realize that the reason for Samson's fall primarily was because of his extra looking for the word extra 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 tribal affairs. By, By extra tribal affairs, I mean his, his need to always want to marry women from outside Israel. Delilah wasn't the first lady that was like that. The first wife that Samson, in fact, the wife he had, don't let me say the first wife, because Delilah was not his wife, it was more or less a concubine. Are we together? But his wife actually, in fact, was not an Israelite. Are we together? The person he got married look at Judges 14 from verse 1. And you know the funny thing? I've thought this about honoring God's call upon your life. When I'm talking about honor, I think about Samson. The problem with Samson was this. Samson was a Nazirite. Now, according to, in, the, in Israel, the people that are called Nazirites. Nazirites are people that, they are not priests, but they are separated unto God. So the things that Nazirites do, Nazirites don't cut their hair, they don't drink wine, do you understand? They don't go near dead things. Even Israelites generally, if you go near a dead a dead thing, whether animal or person, you are unclean. And you have to, be, you have to wait till the end of the day before you, before you become clean. Do you understand my point? So, those were instructions that were given to him. Something was a man that had no honor for God's call upon his life. Are we together? Delilah was just the hand of the straw. Something had no honor. Because the same man that was told that you are not supposed to, listen, first of all, you are not supposed to marry um, as, even as a Jew, you are not supposed to marry outside Israel. This same man not just married someone, but also had another concubine outside Israel. Not just that. You are not supposed to um, um, um Go near dead things. Do you understand my point? Become unclean. This same man killed a lion on his way back. Now took honey from the carcass of the lion. Not only did he eat it, he went to give it to his parents. And of parents to say, Can you imagine? Imagine a child making his parents unclean. Are we together? Interesting, if the parents don't know. This explains the way. Let me just do that. Let me talk so much about it. So so now wait, now wait. Let, let me just say something. So the parents were unclean, but they did not know. Why were they did not punish? By the law by the law is the conscience of sin. Let me just go on. And something went down to Timna. Just leave that path. Forget what I just said. Just, just let it go. But let me say it. Can you now see that what made what makes a man unclean is his understanding of the law? So it's not the honey or the dead thing. Do you understand? It is the conscience, the mindset that the Lord gives you. Do you understand? Let's go on. So, Judges 14, 1-3. Am I going to do a teaching of the Lord? Um, and Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Can you see Philistines? Continue, verse 2. He says, and he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in sin, of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife." Imagine, even then his parents can bring her for me. Look at what the now said in verse Then his father and his mother said unto him, If you a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, this is going I always feel like asking some people. Of everybody in this church. It's not one guy that doesn't come to church consistently. Or doesn't have a church is going to. That's the boy that is entering your eye. I didn't enter your hand. That's the person. Is the boy that you met on our Show that the person that's supposed to be discipling. Le one fe, le one le one ni peve shi le ni The Lord have mercy. You <laughs> said that amen. Serious. <laughs> Alright, so he says, Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all thy people, all my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said and Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. Are we together? So see his mindset. See also um Verse 16. Chapter 16, sorry. Chapter 16 from verse 4 to 5. Chapter 16 from verse 4 to 5. He says, And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek. What exactly are you looking for? Why are you always outside? Why are you always we out here. <laughs> <We're> outside? We <laughs> outside. Why are you always outside? That's the thing. You know, I say something here. That, and I mean this with all sense of respect. The likelihood of me liking someone that is not given to work or ministry or is not consistent in the church, he's very unlikely. Because where will I meet you? When I meet ladies, they're always telling me, eh, the kind of guys I meet, the kind of where are you always going to? No, Where do you meet them? The answer that you're always going to. Oh. Not you, of course. That's the point. You get you, you. And sometimes, I don't look at the point, I'm laughing. So you went to the club. And then you met the guy. What were you thinking? Like, wait. So, uh, like, so you met the guy and you were thinking he was going to committed. Oh, cute. Oh, That's so cute. So you killed him. Because, like, what were you thinking? Are we together. That's the thing. Where did you meet this person? All right? As, see, see, when the devil wants to um, make you backslide, one of the first things he does is that he either introduces the wrong people around you or he secludes you from the right people. Because that's your shield. That's the reason why I always tell you guys, whenever you go to a new location, even if in that church they don't necessarily teach the word, go there. Amen? We'll cater for, don't worry, we'll do online meetings, etc., etc. Do you understand? You'll listen to the word. I'm saying this for those of you that are living here now, you're going home and And maybe there's no church you can attend. Go there. Amen? Because let me tell you, at least if you are there, there will be some things you cannot try on that street. You go. To... Stand up. Stand up. I, I refuse to be on the side. Plan. No, I see I'm just joking. What is that? we go to that street. Susan, so, that's the thing. Even if I thought, I, I said something sometimes. I said, all worlds do. At least they believe the Bible. Even if they don't really open the Bible, they will open the Bible once on a Sunday or twice on a Sunday. Go there. Are we together? There is something about the fellowship of believers that guards fellowship of believers that guards your life. Hallelujah! There is safety in the church. Are we together, guys? Glory to God! Has it? Do you get me? So don't don't ask. It's so funny. Where do you meet him? Through one friend. Personally, let me tell you the truth. If I don't meet you in church, it is highly unlikely that we're already. Let me. This is how me I am. Already. When I meet anybody and it's not through church, already I've put the wall. There's already a limit to how far we can go. Generally, I'm not kind of person, I've put the wall. There's a limit to how far we can go. Then maybe, even if I now met you outside, God, well, you actually are giving to ministry, you understand, so on and so forth. Then I cannot begin to soften it. Do you understand? And now, but you're not What do we want to align on? Do you understand? And this is very important for folks that, you know, you are going out there. You know, you're going to work, you're going to be in a different kinds of environments, you're going to work with people. Have, have boundaries. Do you understand? Have boundaries. There are things that it is just work. My friends know, you can be my friend, we can be playing together, but there's some things you don't talk about too. Amen? Ah, you can't talk about my ministry anymore. That's the reason why, and, and God led me to post on this, but I've not had time to post on it, about honoring God's call upon your life. There's something about your honor for your call that makes people honor it. Do you know it's interesting that Paul told Timothy, He says, let no man despise your youth. Who should have said that um, whether they despise it or not, it's not left to you. Just be doing your own. No. Who told him that it is your decision not to let anybody despise it. Why? Because it's based on how you talk about it. It's based on how you act. Are you with me? If, for example, um, there's a friend of mine that I've not seen for a while now, over a year, and then he was planning to come to my place, Jiget, and then I told him, I said, see, My camp meeting is next week. If you come to my place now, we can't go out. It's just the truth. Are we together? Everybody that knew me, everybody that knows knows me as I I was preparing for camp meeting, they know that this is the wrongest time to try to reach Israel. Israel cannot be available. I put it out to everybody because you need to know that this is something I honor. Are you with me? If you can't honor it, stay away from me. Do you understand me? The reason people don't honor God's call on your life is because you yourself don't honor it. And it shows. Are you with me? Do you understand me? And people are naturally, we live in an environment where naturally, people are not naturally, we are not people that start things. We are more likely to be people that are under people. That's just in the natural nature of it. Do you understand me? Starters are not common. Even in the business sense. We have more people that want to work for companies because of the safety of collecting salaries than people that want to start their own stuff. Are you with me? So naturally, when you are doing something that is different from what everybody else is doing, it's a natural instinct to want to stop it. Are you with me? So you have to take upon yourself the burden of, of speaking it out. Do you understand me? You know, one of the most interesting things I saw, you know, just yesterday, evening, I was going through WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApp, and then I saw some of my classmates post in this meeting, and I was shocked, I won't lie to you. First of all, because I didn't say any. Like to God who made me can call you pride can call them anything. I never entered anybody's dear to say, share, publicize this meeting or anything. If you think you need to publicize it, you know, I appreciate you publicizing it. If not, do you understand my point. But I was like, I was shocked. My classmates, these people, I didn't even I first of all, even you know me when I joke a lot. I just joke with them. I don't sound like a man of God around them. Do you understand my point? I don't do that. So when he posted it, I was wow. But then he made me realize something that these people are beginning to come to agree with the idea of myself I have. Do you understand? Some of you, the reason your parents don't regard you as a minister of the gospel is because you are not acting that way. Say it's the same you that you'll be praying, then you'll hear that there's food in the living room. You will not leave where you are praying. You will not go there. And you expect them to take it. They can't take it seriously now. It's a rule in my own house. I don't know about that. It's a rule in my house. If someone is praying, you don't go and disturb them. you wait till they're done. And you wait till when they are done. If they stay in that place for two hours, you wait. Amen? Are we together? That's how it is. Though. Do you understand my point? Now, it cannot be hard for someone like that to now say he wants to do something. Then your your parents are now looking at you anyhow. Now, don't get me, some people are just naturally disrespectful, anyways. Even some parents, to be honest, they are that way. But it won't be as bad as it used to be. Are you guys with me? Do you understand my point? Right. Just not to say that. So, And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sore, whose name was Delilah. He didn't know. Go on. Is that, I think, okay, verse verse 5. He says, and the Lord of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, entice him, and see wherein his great strength lies. And by that, you know, rebel against him, so on and so forth. So, the fall of, of Samson was because he did not regard that instruction by God, right, to separate himself from the Gentiles. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? So what God was actually trying to do was to keep them. People need to realize this. When people say funny things like "eh," you know, um, how can God? How can you say He's a good God when in the Old Testament they were going about killing people and so on and so forth? Were, you know, when they conquer nations and kill people, it's because people don't understand history. First of all, all the people pay attention. All the people that God ever told them kill were people who naturally, These were people that used to. In those days, there was an idol that was very known, idol Molech. Molech was this idol that was a very big prison. It was a big iron giant. And what they would do is they would place children, babies, in the hands of Molech. And they would heat up the metal until it was so hot and the babies would be burning. The babies would burn to death on the hands of the idol. And then they would start beating drums so loud that it would drown the cries of the babies. Do you know the extent of depravity you have to be to do things like that? And do you know how long they had been doing it? I don't want so, to show this. But when God was speaking to Abraham, when God was speaking to Abraham and he was telling Abraham about the things that were going to happen to his, his children over the years, you know Abraham was first of all in Canaan. Do you realize? Abraham was already in Canaan. Then God now told him that his children were going to leave. They were going to, then he told him about them moving to Egypt. They were going to serve for 400 years in Egypt then they were going to come back. And there was something Jesus, God said to Abraham there. He said, because the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Are we together? So, God had, God gave them enough. Do you know what it means? That as at that time when God was speaking to Abraham, the Amorites were already doing those things. And it was until 400, over 400 years after that judgment came upon them. So, these people were doing this thing for over 400 years. And God did not do anything about it. Are you with me? pay attention. It was not everybody that the Israelites killed. Though. Do you realize? Do you know that there were, there, there were actually nations that the Israelites did not kill? And if you check historically, those were the nations that, number one, either agreed. Are we together? Either agreed to serve alongside Israel. Nations that, they agreed not to war against them. Are we together? Do you understand me? Or nations that, were not, that did not kill children. People talk about the Egyptians, for example, the killing of the firstborn children of Egyptians Do you know what it means that for years, these people had been killing all the children that were born of Israelites? Don't, 't don't, your people are always quick to want to go against God that they are not realistic. Do you know that up till when Moses came, these people were still killing the children of Israelites are we together? Do you understand me? So that's, that's the thing really so what God was trying to do with Israel was to preserve them from the mindset of these people to avoid idolatry. Because that's the same thing you see with Solomon. Let's go on. Solomon in 1 Kings 11, to 4 Go there. 1 Kings 11, 1-4. He says, but King Solomon loved many strange women. For someone that was so wise, Solomon was... Anyways, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites. And I want to say something about Pharaoh. Right? I want to say something about Solomon. You know, one of the interesting things about Solomon was that Solomon almost never fought any war. In fact, he didn't fight any war. Do you know why? He didn't fight any war because he was friends with everybody. Are you together? And some people think this is his smart decision. He didn't fight anyone, so that was a, that was a lovely kingdom. Do you understand? Everything was going on fine. No, Solomon was so backslidden. His enemies were his friends. Are you with me? As a minister of the gospel, eh? It is war. If you're ready the gospel, be ready for people not to like you. Amen? Pa- Personally, I don't like fights. Some might say otherwise. I don't, I don't like fights. I don't like wallah. You I don't like stress. But at the same time, I don't still plead. Amen? If what you said is rubbish, it's rubbish. Amen? I can say it to you respectfully. You understand? I can say it to you with all due respect, but what you said is wrong. Amen? And I won't change my ground. People that know me, they know. I don't I don't shy from looking at myself. Amen? Hallelujah. There are little times when I can overdo it. But trust me, I will never say you are right when you are wrong. And even though I don't like you, I will never say you are wrong when you are right. That's the it's the word. do. It's the word above anything I don't there are few things in this world I honor. In fact, there's nothing in this world I honor more than the word do. Hallelujah. Do it to Jesus. We can be fighting or anything. We can be this before. The, the word, what you said is true. Even in your back, I'll fight for you. That's me. Amen? I will take the guys. But no matter how much I like you, what you said is wrong. I'll tell you it's wrong. Amen? I'll tell you With tears in my eyes like this, I'm sorry, but it's wrong. You were, you were actually very wrong. Amen? It's all the reason why, personally, I don't really have so many friends when it comes to Welcome. I, I don't have so many so the reason I don't have so many friends is so that if what I'm going to say, if it will mistakenly hit you, at least you're not my friends. <laughs> so just <laughs> understand my point. The words. Amen? That's it. So that's things So the reason I try to tell all of that is because don't be trying to form alliances. Amen. Ministry is not um, what do you call it? It's not rotary club. This person knows this person knows that person. So all of us are not feeling cool with each other. So all of you are teaching different things, and you are feeling nice among yourselves. It's not to mean that you should be causing fight, though. Do you understand my point? But let it be. Let it be known what you believe in and what you stand for. Amen. Salvation is by grace through faith. Every believer is saved eternally. There is nothing believer can do that will make him lose salvation. I said it. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Are you now saying that's what I'm saying? Are we together? Are we together? Do you understand me? That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to go fight with you. We can snap picture together. We can share things together. But if it ever comes down to it, I say, explain what you believe in. I don't believe in what you believe in. Ah, well, we are saying the same thing. We are not saying the same thing. Amen. We are not saying the same thing. I know what I'm saying. I know what you are saying. You are the one that thinks you are saying the same thing because you don't know what I'm saying. If you understand it well, you will know that we are not saying the same thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't go before me, diplomacy. You're not something like we are being wise. You're not being wise. You're being foolish. Amen? Say, um, 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 let's be teaching, as we're teaching the truth, let's be teaching the balance. No. Truth, the truth in itself is balanced. That's why it's the truth. The only balance way to teach the truth is to teach the truth. Amen? The truth, the truth doesn't need any balance to follow. If you add balance to it, you, you are balanced. This thing is on me. It's But you guys get my point. Amen? Be known for the truth. That's the only way you can have conviction. That's the reason why we have so many churches today. No conviction. They don't know what they believe in. Just just singing no manner of things, teaching no manner of things. Five ministers come to the same place. Sometimes when you see the flyer of the church, you can see that these ones are confused. Because the, the five ministers are there, the one of them one of them is a spirit person, you the spirit spirit, spirit people. They don't believe in the water, holy, go, so holy go. the holy ghost. Then another person is a word guy, knows what, you understand? There's another person is just I want bad and want good. And then the five of them are there. And the five of them are coming to you. first of all, you should never stay. Thank you very much. Yeah, I might be this. So you should not you should never be in a church like that. Amen. Don't be there. Five people teaching five different things. And then in all of the sessions, hmm. Mm, ah. Mm, mm. Yes, sir, yes sir. Somebody just came and said, When praises go up, blessings come down. Uh, and then another person came and said, You are blessed with spiritual blessings you. you know, all the blessings that you need are within you. And, said, and both of them said, Yes, sir, glory. Ah. Ah. There's a problem. Are we together? So, as a minister of the God, in fact, particularly when you are just starting, eh? Amen? Mark your territory. Amen? Mark it clearly. Let it be clear. Let it be resounding. This is what I believe in. Proper Bible So that before you come and meet me, you already know who I am. Amen? You know me. It's the word and the word they don't know. And if I open the word today and I realize that all I've been doing is wrong, I'm changing it straight up. Amen? You can be sure that my only allegiance is to the word. Hallelujah. If I open the word today and I say that believers are going to wear sorry, I'll teach you. I, I might now stop teaching after that day. <laughs> but that day, you just say, I want someone, I just say, what's. I'll be... teaching? Yeah, and you people know that I always you people know that I always have very funny, very dramatic titles. I, there was one that I did emoji. How are you? <laughs> 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 very beautiful way of teaching. I think it was even three parts. <laughs> so it's not kidding. I'll just say, what have we been teaching? I will show. You. I will do, and oh of I will do eight hours after we are done teaching. I'll say, and this is the end of my ministry. That is not kidding. Amen. But I will never teach what I don't believe in. Never. Amen? The word and the word they, they and in the And the name of Jesus, come 10, 20, 30, 40, same thing. Amen? Same thing. Hallelujah. Anyway, All right. says, But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites. How many women do you like, sir? Of the nations which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not what? Go in unto them. So he told them already. He says, neither shall they come in unto you. Surely they will turn away your heart after their words. So that was the point. The issue was idolatry. Are we together? The problem wasn't the fact that, see, you, you are not as infallible as you think. With every relationship, eh, we'll, see, let me tell you. Every relationship has an influence on your perception of God, whether you like it or not. Hallelujah! No matter how much you try to shield it, whether actively or passively, every relationship has an influence. Okay, let's even say this person is not so, so much of your close friend, but you have him on your WhatsApp status. and then he's posting funny things about God on your WhatsApp status. Initially, you might not see nothing. So now later, you start having questions. Are we together? There was a particular guy that I got. About. He's an atheist. And he is an atheist, I respect. Because he's an atheist, he's an atheist. he knows it is. Those are people, I like them. I, I like them because at least you know something. Do you understand? You know It's not those yeah, yeah boys that because of 15 at midnight, so just open WhatsApp. You just open this thing, you see something online. You, you, are saying that you don't believe in God because you've not seen. Yeah, the paper you are reading. You've not met the person that made it to, that did the paper. Were you there when you were doing the experiment? But you just believe? Because of one article that you read. Just one article that there is no God you should not come on this thing. There's no God. You, there's no God. Let me take you to Jabudi, where they are doing, it. Where they are doing it normally. <laughs> I, will, I won't stay there with you. I'll just take you there and leave you. When, I, when you are done, I will not come and meet you back. Is there no God? Or when they are doing Oro, anything? Just go and drop you there. You are saying there's no God. Yeah, there's Oro. You are staying inside the room. I'm not serious. Go out now. You will know whether there is a God or not. Most you know. people are funny. And, let me just say this about a season too. You need to understand what exactly people are saying. Are you saying there is no God? Because when you are saying there is no God, what you are saying is you don't believe in supernatural. You can't say there is no God and then you believe and then you believe that Juju is real. Do you understand? Do you get? You can't say there is no. What, so the question is, he said that you don't believe in Christianity. Oftentimes they're not hungry, hungry, hunger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sometimes they're not hungry. And so, what you have issues with is Christianity. Not the fact that there is no God. Because that would not define where you come from. You don't have to talk to people like that. Another thing, is it that you don't believe there is a God? If you don't believe there is a God, that means you don't believe in supernatural activity. Are you with me? That's where you come to meet those kind of people. Do you understand? So you need to understand where they are coming. And somebody just They don't know what they believe in. Alright? So that's the thing. And so, so, this guy was on my contact list. For a while, i have been seeing some of the things he was posting. At some point, I said, if this guy, if I keep... Status, I right. So, I, I I muted his status, then I went to go and read the word on apologetics. then I now opened the back. I opened it so that, let me see, let me see if I can answer his question. Do you I've not started him up yet. People. Want to chat. I don't even think I want to chat him up. I think I want us to have like a discussion, face to face. Then sit down, sit down. Open your let me open my mouth. Do you understand? That's it. The, 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 it's not going to happen, so don't worry. Maybe like in the next five, ten years, we'll do open debates. Amen? Are you scared? There's nothing to be scared about. We do open debate. Mm. Purely purely apologetics. We are not going to use Bible or anything. You believe that there is, there is no God. I believe that there is a God. We we'll Discuss it ourselves. These are not as smart as you think they are. They are not. Trust me. It's just English. I'm, I'm telling you. Particularly this is our generation that doesn't like to read. They're not so distinct. You hear some of the artists and like, you believe this. You really believe this. For real. Yeah, if there is a God, why is there so much bad happening in the world? It doesn't make any sense. It's one thing to believe that God is a bad God. Do you understand? You can't say because something is evil, it doesn't exist. Do you get it? Do you understand? You can't say, and the idea that you understand what evil is, means that you believe that there is good in the world. Because our understanding of evil is on the premise of the fact that there is good. You only appreciate light because there is darkness. Do you understand my point? So if you agree that there is so much evil in the world, it means that there is enough good in the world for you to be able to know that there is evil. Are you with me? So where did the good come from? Okay, this man does that, that, okay. So one of these days, we'll talk well about it. Okay, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not go in unto them, neither shall they come in unto you. Surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. Verse 3. Verse 3. says, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and three... <laughs> 300 (laughs) concubines. And his wife turned away his heart. And you see, so the issue about that was the fact that he was going to have, he was, they were going to turn his heart away from God. And you see, do you understand? So so what God was trying to avoid was idolatry. Do you understand? was idolatry. So let me continue. So alongside the way, you know, the instruction that God gave Israel to set themselves apart from the world, there's also something important to also notice. Aside from them setting themselves apart from the world, there was the a way they were. Go to Numbers 2. Numbers 2. We we'll start from verse 1. It's a long read. Numbers 2, 1 to 34. Go. I will, I will just. Numbers 2, from verse 1. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Just move. He says, Every man of the children of, of Israel shall preach by his own standard with the ensign of their father's house. Far off about the tabernacle the congregation they shall preach. He says, And on the east side, toward the rising of the sun, shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies. And Nashon, the son of Aminadab shall be captain of the children of Judah. Go on. And his host and those that were numbered of them, three score and fourteen thousand, that's seventy-four thousand and six hundred. Go on. And those that do pitch next to him shall be the tribe of Issachar, and Nathaniel the son of Zoah, shall be captain of the children of Issachar. Go on. And his host and those that were numbered thereof, 54,400. Now, let me just explain what's going on here. So, what God is saying here is this As you guys are moving, or better still, when you guys are camped, you're going to have the, temp, the tent of the tabernacle in the middle. And then you will now begin to have tents standing in front, tents standing on the sides, tents standing left to right. Basically, there was an arrangement as to how they were supposed to be camped. Are you with me? And they were camped round about, north, south, east, and west. So, there was some, look at verse 34. Go there, verse 34. So, look at, look at how interesting it is that God didn't just tell them to camp around it. God told them how to camp. So, so and so people stay here. So, now, so, and so and so people stay here. So, and so people stay here, stay here, stay here, stay here, stay here. Are we together? Camp around it. So, there was a kind of military formation that they had in their minds. Are you with me? So, already, that kind of encamping around the tent. Already gave them a mindset that we are at war. Are you with me? Nobody is allowed to come in unto us. We are going to take over, places. Does that make sense, guys? Look at verse 34. It says, And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they pitched by their standards, And so they set forward everyone after their families according to the house of their fathers. So, according to what you are seeing here, you are seeing that this is how they pitched their um, standards and how, this is how they went forward. So, whether they were camping or they were moving, they were in that same military strategy. Nobody broke out. Are you with me? So, there was a so imagine, every time when they moved, when they got to a particular nation, that was how they would you know go into the nation. Are you with me? Here they were going to camp. That was how they would camp. Here they were going to move again. They stood up again. Moved in that particular way. And So, there was that military strategy. Are we together? That military mindset and formation with which they moved. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so, you see, the church as well, we need to have that kind of mindset in us. Hallelujah. In the way we move, we need to realize the fact that we are at war. The church is at war. You know, the lot of things that the church is doing today is very clear that we don't know we are at war. Hallelujah. Very clear. Look at what 2 Corinthians 10, from verse 4 to 5 says. 2 Corinthians 10, from verse 4 to 5. 2 Corinthians 10, from verse 4 to 5. Are you getting blessed? Some 22 to the 10, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Continue. Now, it says, casting down imaginations and every thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. People oftentimes think this is a prayer of warfare. See, the weapons of our warfare are not carnals, but they are mighty in God. So, pulling down strongholds. Say, Father, every stronghold in my life, fall down and die. Amen? Amen? That's not true. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Every eye thing that exalts itself against the world. We are fighting a war of knowledge, we are fighting a war of ideology. Hallelujah. He says, everything is self against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every word, thought, to the obedience of Christ. So it's a thing of the mind. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. We are trying to subject every contrary ideology, mindset, thoughts, thinking pattern to the knowledge of God's word. Hallelujah. That is our fight. Glory to God. Look at Ephesians 6 and verse 12. Ephesians 6 and verse 12. Ephesians 6 and verse 12. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Hallelujah. He says, we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. Look at, now, if you continue down in, the, in Ephesians 6, you now begin to realize what he meant by spiritual wickedness in high places. In verse 13, now begins to talk about taking on the armor of God. Hallelujah. You know, that we can be able to withstand the fear of the enemy. Talk about the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, etc. etc. And then when he gets to verse 18, right? In verse 17 now says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18 now says, praying always God prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching there unto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for what? And for me that all trust will be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Of which I am an ambassador in bones, that here I may speak body as I ought to speak. So everything he was saying from Ephesians 6 from verse 12 all the way down to verse 18 was all about the preaching of the gospel at the end of the day. Are we together? So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, because, I'm sorry, Ephesians 6 and verse 12, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We are wrestling against principalities and powers that are existing in the minds of men. Do you understand? Those ones that try to ensure that the ideology of the devil is what is prevalent in our day. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? So, of a truth, the church is at war. But the war we are fighting is not a war against each other. We need to get it right. See? Of a truth, the church is under persecution. Um, um, say, for example, the Boko Haram. Are we together? Do you understand? And of course, we must, put, you must make, put every security measure in place. Do you understand? To make sure that things like that do not happen again. Are you with me? Mean? But you must understand that the fight is beyond Boko Haram. It's the young people that are trying to kill us in the flesh. Are we together? We are trying to go for the ideology in their mind that makes them believe it's okay to kill believers. Are you with me? We are trying to go for everybody that is possibly sponsoring them. The kind of ideology a person needs to have to think it is okay to kill believers. It is that ideology we are going after. Because that is the source. Do you understand me? Do you get me? So, in as much as we will mitigate, you know, we will do everything we can possibly do to ensure that things like that do not happen again, we are going to do it place security measures in place, we are going after ideology. Do you understand? We are going after the thoughts. We are going after their mindsets. Are you with me? So the church is at war. And so, just as we saw with the Israelites, there must be that kind of military formation strategy. That mindset we have. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And if I'm going to be honest with you, (laughs) it is beyond just one church. Hallelujah. By one church, I mean just one assembly. We all are going to have to come together, hallelujah, and go that way. I was, making, I was telling my, my guys a particular example. I said, you know, for example, let me just give an example of missions on campus. Now, first of all, let me say, the idea of missions is a very beautiful idea, beautiful, beautiful idea. But one of the things I, I thought to myself was, the reality of it is that, most of the time, we are going to the same places, And I, I understand why. Those are, those are the places that are closer. Resources are limited to take us so far. Do you understand my point? Resources, safety, etc., etc. Do you understand? So, because of that, we have to stay with places that are close by. But just imagine if we had a a, a, a um, arrangements where we say, you know what? You guys should face the north of Ife. Are we together? You guys face, let's face the south of Ife. You guys face the east, you guys face the west. And then. Maybe a church goes on missions, they come back, they say, okay, this and this and this to this place is where we've covered. All right? Do you understand? We've covered this place. So when next you guys are going, don't come here again. We've covered it. Do you understand? Not just we, we covered this, way, we're able to plant the work there, the escaping for that place. So when you guys go, start off from here and move there. We will not waste our time building in the same places. Do you understand? There is a mindset we need to have. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Are we together? Pray to Jesus. That's one reason I said, even though I, I don't necessarily agree with everybody, what everybody teaches, and so on and so forth. Do you understand? I honor the fact that you are also laboring. Are you with me? And you are doing a work. Whether or not we agree with the same thing until Jesus is glorified. I'm moving on. Amen. Our work is not to try to empty other churches into our church. Amen? Are Go for your own. If all the time when you are raising your hands and you're saying um, we receive men, we see the only men that is in your eyes is the men that are in other people's churches. Your logical colour, Go out for your why are you, why are you going for men? Are the clubs not full? Are clubs empty? Amen? Are these um, this thing, motels are they empty? They are not. So what's your concern with other people's churches? Amen. Hallelujah. Go for the crowd. Go where the people are. Amen. Uh, good. Yeah. Go for those people that are on Twitter typing atheism. There's no, there's no God. There's no. Those are the people you should go for. Don't just be going after people's church members. Amen. Amen. That's in heat. eats you, smile. I know. Because because and I think uh, without sense of respect, I find that very rampant among word folks. I, I find that very rampant among what word folks, you know. Um, they are not, not teaching in teaching your church. You're now removed person from his church. You don't have the church. Now the person is now floating. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Are we together? Praise God. Our competition is not one another. Our competition is with the world. Amen. Your concern should not be are we in a bigger stage than that or that church? Oh that Are we using a bigger stage? If I thought you were going to have a competition, healthy competition in that sense, should be Are we mobilizing more for the gospel compared to that church? Do you understand? And it's not like I think that the competition is like, what are they doing? Oh nice, that's good. We can learn from it. Do you understand? That's it. Do you get me? That's it though. That's it. That's it. I, I, thank God for, I thank God for the breed of young ministers I find myself around. And I pray to God that our sincerity will not die. Like, I just pray. Just that, I mean, like, friends that you can call and say, ah, guys, this was going on. Do you understand? Currently, this was going on. And this is what I'm trying to do. But I don't know how. Together, exactly. I've been there before. You know, just do this, do this, do this. Oh, Are we together? No, comp- no, no competition. Do no. you understand my point? <laughs> because let you, we cannot cover this world on our own. Amen? We can't. It's, no matter how skillful you think you are. You, you want to know how you know that God's word is not everywhere. When I went to Lagos, it was in Ife, so I was thinking, ah, the word is great, the word is great. Then I got to Lagos, There are some churches I was expecting that. Probably because probably because of I was already in, I was in Ife, so I know those churches. So I was thinking I'm in Lagos too. Just the way they are very popular in IFE. They also popular in Lagos. I don't know anybody. <laughs> I don't know anybody. Are we together? No. and so okay, let me give you the statistics. So I was talking to a particular pastor. Um, I don't know if I'm giving the statistics to you guys. But no, I'm giving it to my disciples. But I was talking to a particular pastor and then I was talking to him about um like does it even make any sense for anybody who wants to start a church anymore? Like, it doesn't make any sense. because We have so many churches already. So what's the point? And then he gave me some very interesting statistics. Very, very interesting statistics. So apparently, first of all, Christianity is not the leading religion in Nigeria. Islam is. Islam is 51% of Nigeria. At least at that time, I think 27 definitely going to be more by now. And there are so many reasons for that. What they call the jihad. So there are different kinds of jihad. There's a biological jihad. There is the economic jihad. There is the physical jihad, which involves killing people. That's Boko Haram. So there are different kinds of jihad, by the way. And um, what you see there is don't even talk so much about jihad. So you have 51% Muslims. Now, aside that alone, of all of churches that you have, how did, what was the percentage you give? I think we only have about only 10% of the churches currently. That is the truth of God's word. Ten percent. Of those 10 percent, that' is the truth of God's word. He said, about 50 percent of them die off for reasons for different reasons. Number one, resources. I hope you know it costs money to run a church. It costs money. Amen, it costs money. So sometimes it's resources, some other times it's because of scandals. And it's kind of understandable, because a lot of us are young folks and there's bound to be bad behavior sometimes. Not bound to be, but it happens. Do you understand? And sometimes that happens, those places crash, they die off. Hallelujah. Praise to Jesus. So, we look like we are many, but we are not. And now imagine, in a place where God's word is not taught well, they cannot be given to evangelism. Are you with me? So imagine that in the 49% that is shared by Christians, don't, don't think the remaining 49% is Christians, though. Because nine percent is shared. So but Christians are sharing it with I want to see You got your comfort, you are sharing it with them. You understand? You are sharing with people that believe that there is no God. You yes, understand? And it doesn't Christians, we have different kinds of people. We have people that the is church of Mormon. it's not it's not Satan. We have all of them. In the same, the same, so we even have people that don't believe that Jesus is the Christ. Do you, you there too? We have those that maybe believe that Jesus is the Christ among us, then among the ones that don't believe that Jesus is the Christ. Can you see? She, you see, you see that work is plenty because you know we can normally be blinded to see churches everywhere that we think we are many. We are not many. Do you understand? No many. There's still so much work mm-hmm. to do. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so, we must have that mindset where we tell ourselves that we are at war. And so, when you are at war, there are things you do. There is a way you think. Hallelujah. Open second Timothy 2. Second Timothy 2. Second Timothy 2. You know, I want to implore you. I said it yesterday, that 2022 is going to be a year of consecration. Hallelujah. Consecration is the will of God. Amen. Please, whatever price it will take, to do the work of God. It is worth it. Are we together? Do you understand me? Blessing. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Whatever price is going to take to do the work of God, it is worth it. All right. Um, I actually got a word for you. While I was praying yesterday, maybe when your text him, a word for you. Okay? Um, see. Be brave. All right. Your issue is not direction. You already know what to do. Are we together. But you cannot do what God will have you do if you are not brave. You are going to have to learn to walk on water. You are going to have to learn to be comfortable not knowing what's going to happen next. Nobody ever knows. You just go anyways. Are you with me? Be brave. You know what I'm talking about. Man? Be brave. Do you understand? Start it. Do you understand? Start it. Um, even if it is is three people, that you understand? They have been reaching out to. Bring them together. Start. We, the world is so there's so much happening for us to have ministers that are ready. They are not doing anything. Are you with me? So much. This, 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 there's too much at stake. We can't afford. To, guys, we, can, we can't afford to be slack in the next two, three years. Too many things are happening at the same time. We'll talk about it in the next session. Are we together? Can't afford to be slack. Are we together? Left to me, too. Bible teaching is not so easy now. It's not so sweet. Do you understand? It's not easy. It's labor. But it is needed. Are you with me? It's needed. There are too many lives at stake. And every time when I think about it, I think I just ask myself one simple question What about the next generation? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. What about the next generation? That, that's, those are the questions you need to ask yourself. What about my unborn children? Hallelujah. Would they have enough materials to listen to? How would they know God's word? What are the structures that will be in place to ensure for their spiritual safety? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. See, my generation is covered. My generation is covered. That's it. So, you know, we must, here is the thing. Thank God that we, we have the law to start relatively early. Are we together? Relatively early. And alongside that, we must now take audacious steps. Hallelujah. We must show that we are ready. You see, the people naturally, they are more likely to, to believe in people that take steps. Do you understand? You know, that this point, is not yet to play. Do you get my point? You know, ah, this, one, ah,
1: this one.
0: It seems like it means business. Do you understand? Then they are ready to take you seriously. I can tell you this one for of free. There are people that are watching us. They are still contemplating. Should I come around? Should I? Come? I know. Those I know them very well. They will still come around. Amen. Hallelujah. You cannot now. You now imagine that you stop because they are not coming. Amen. Imagine that you stop because they are not coming they will still come. Are you with me? My pastor always says something. Say, people will believe in you when they have nothing else to believe in. Hallelujah. Don't now this because you want to prove a point to them. Do you understand? Yourself? Don't do that. Don't pressure. But I'm telling you this. People will still come. Amen? Hallelujah. Stay with the world. Yes, get better. Don't just say, eh, that's just how I am. That's not how you are. If you have age factor, work on it. Are we together. If you don't dress well, work on it. Just don't dress like what you've been through. Just, I'm serious. You get, teach well. You get, prepare your notes. Now come. You get, prepare your notes well. Let it be that wherever they call you to, eh, you came in the volume of the books. They can say that. This Bible, this Bible may not have anything new. But that word. Ah, uh, woman. Amen. Spirit flow. Ah, uh, you get down. Amen. Hallelujah. The people are coming. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. people are coming. Amen. So we are at war. Second Timothy 2 1-4. says, Thou therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 2. It says, The things that you have heard of me among many witnesses. It says, the same coming unto faithful men. Who will be able to tell also men and women of God, this is my instruction for you in year 2022. The things that you have heard, God's word that you know, the things that have been taught to you, the training you have received. It's time to commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Go to verse 3. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Look at what he calls the minister. He calls the minister a soldier. Are we together? A soldier. You're not, you're not a civilian. There's a way a civilian thinks. You're not allowed to think that way. Hallelujah. There are steps a civilian can take. You're not allowed to take it. Glory to Jesus. You just say, I just don't, travel out. just don't travel out. Don't get me wrong. It's not about to travel out. Though. Are you with me? If the Lord leads you to, please go. But don't just go because you just feel like. There's so much at stake for you to just go like that. Are you with me? And even if you are going, set it already down in your mind. Wherever I am, I'm going to influence the world with the gospel. Amen. Not so that you will now go there, you will now become a shadow of yourself. What's the word I use in that one? I say, I go there, you will now forget everything. No more tongues, no more prayer, no more words, no more spirit, nothing. You will now, the next time you meet you and you go pray in tongues, not now be season. be I should remember, Amen? We tell you that you should give what, you say, as it's way, as it's way. How it be as it's it way. When was the last time you prayed in tongues? Are we together? Glory to Jesus. If do everything, listen to me. Whatever you see around in this camp meeting, this is going to be the hallelujah. We'll keep getting better, hallelujah. As you are getting better in the word, as you are getting better in prayer, as you are getting by in ministry of the spirit, even if we need it is we should make the camera better, we'll do it, amen. We'll keep doing, we'll keep making it better and better and better, hallelujah, because there are nations. I'm going to talk about it better in the second service. Listen to me. See, I have rehearsed teaching in front of presidents. I was talking to my friend one time. I said, one time I was rehearsing a teaching. I'd, like, I, you know, when I was teaching, as stood there, was a empty room. And I did it for 30 minutes. I didn't even know. 30, like, I looked at myself and said, like, hey, eh? 30, 30 minutes. And it's not like I had a salmon prepared. I was not teaching from my head. 30 minutes. I'm, I'm ready to do it. you to not know anybody. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm still getting better. Hallelujah. Starting the word, Giving ourselves to prayer. Amen. Consecration. 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 Verse 4. It says, No man that worried entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That it may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Hallelujah so a, 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 a warrior doesn't entail himself with civilian and fear hallelujah see when you've chosen to do the work of God there are some things that are going to suffer for it. hallelujah you won't really have time for your friends anymore my friends know <laughs> one of my friends said always meeting, you always having one meeting with other. meeting, 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 meeting. meeting, meeting now, for the work hallelujah for the sake of the work praise Jesus and this is what the work is worth. Because this is the only thing that can change people's lives into eternity. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. By all means, fulfill your dreams. Dream big. Are we the last time to tell you that you should not do well in your career. Choose that. Build those businesses. We need it. Are we together? We're we'll going to talk about that in the next, um, in the next session. Correct? Right? Don't miss it. Choose that. Have those businesses. By all means. Do your PhD. Do your master's. Become a professor. Do big stuff. But in all of those things, do not forget that the crux of your life is the gospel. It's the message. And if it is for Jesus, it is worth it. If it is for Jesus, it is worth it. If you lost that opportunity because of Jesus, it is worth it. If you lost that friendship because of Jesus, it is worth it if you lost that relationship because of Jesus, it is worth it. Men and women of God, it is worth it. And in the coming years, there will be strength in our legs. There will be strength to run. There will be strength to pray. There will be strength to evangelize. There will be strength to speak. There will be strength to gather men. For the mission is possible. The mission is possible by the power of the Holy Ghost. The mission is possible. Upon the wings of prayers and prophecies, the mission is possible. The mission is possible. You know, nations will hear about the name of Jesus through our lips. And in the the coming years 5, 10, 20, 30 years, we would have become so much bigger, so many more men. We wouldn't even know their names. Hallelujah. But one thing will remain the same our favor, our passion. That childlike passion to see the world taken from the gospel. Our hearts will be on the right place. You see, our hearts will not be moved by influence, by money, even though we'll have those things. Hallelujah. Our hearts will be moved by passion to see that the lost are saved. That men are brought to the knowledge of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. The next generation is covered. Hallelujah. The world is covered. The nations are taken. You You remember the song? The I gave this morning. I can't remember again. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember that song? You recorded it very much. I actually, I can't remember again. Something about the nations are taking. Eh? Yeah? Okay. You know what's going to happen? We're going to take a break. Let's try to find a way to get this song. Can remember it. So we'll sing it as we start the session, the next session. Next, next session, we just have 10 minutes of prayer, 10 minutes of, of worship, and then we'll be, there's a lot to teach, correct? Right? And then Holy Ghost meeting these people. I'm going to, as I said before, I'm going to lay hands on everyone, and then I'm going to give prophecies. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to, I'm going to flow to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come ready to receive something. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I told you guys before. I can trace my efficacy in word of knowledge. I can trace it to people that laid hands on me. Up to date, I can tell you all people that laid hands on me. And I can tell you everything that happened after that time. Hallelujah. Laying on the hands can turn things around in your life. Hallelujah. Just this, uh, reboot camp. Hallelujah. Between the camp and now, I can tell you stuff that happened. Hallelujah. It has changed more. If you are around you, Something came up again. Amen. Those are things that lean on the hands can do to you. Hallelujah. So good that was today. Right? So, just prepare your heart. Thank you very much. You. That's the end of this session. Okay.